Welcome to Fate Made Archive, a podcast <laughs> about waiting through 20 years of Type Moon. I'm your host, Fen. Joining me is... <laughs> I'm Ben Enns. And once again, we are joined by Made Expert themselves. Ooh, am I am I a made expert? I feel like you're setting me up to be a, a, a disappointing in my <laughs> what what's what's some made trivia that I should know? <laughs> Which is the best made? Oh, it's Kohaku. There we go. So you're an expert. <laughs> you know more than fun. Wow. <laughs> this is just how it starts. This is just the tenor of the the pod now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if Peregrine said that they're Peregrine, but. That was I'm Peregrine. <laughs> okay. Today we're trying something new. An episode dedicated to wrapping up a route rather than doing it at midnight after a five-hour recording. We'll see how it goes. This episode is going to be wrapping up the Kahaku route specifically. specifically. We're going to talk a little bit about the, the game as a whole on the Q&A episode because there's going to be a lot of... We have a bunch of questions now, actually, which is wild to me. Yeah. And there are some, like some things i want to say that don't fit neatly into wrapping up this route specifically mm-hmm. um a lot of ranking also to do in that yeah yeah we have but... to rank <laughs> so many things so today we're primarily trying to just wrap up kahaku but i'm sure that we will talk about other routes as well uh-huh well kahaku is the coda of the whole thing do we want to do content warnings um yeah sure i'll t- i'll do the content warnings so we're going to be doing, we're going to be discussing all the usual suspects from Tsukihime, uh, so that content warnings include sexual assault, gore, violence, references to extreme child abuse, sex scenes with underage characters, careless handling of mental health, incest, misogyny, death, suicide, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tsukihime. I miss it so much, Ben. <laughs> We're we're not done yet, Ben. We still have the extra bit to play. We have an extra bit. We have a plus disc. We have Kagetsu Toya. Like yep. you got a whole damn remake that came out this year of our Lord, twenty twenty one. I am so fucking <laughs> excited. Every day that I wake up and I don't want to do my Wanikani reviews, I think, do it for Arcweed, and then I do my reviews. Uh huh. <sighs> this is the uh, I think uh, extra CCC is the first thing on our roadmap. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, I'm so excited for CCC, too. That is like, oh, no. We need to be at least somewhat prepared and, like, soon <laughs> when we do that. Please uh, please just daily send me a photo of BB and remind... Because I have skipped out my Wani Kani reviews for, like, two months now, and I need to get back in, and I, you know... We need to make a, a bot that just posts <laughs> pictures of BB. And like, you can do it. Do your Wani Kani reviews for BB. Or I'll kill you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, this episode's also... going to be really loosey-goosey because, like, it's been a while since we played the Kohaku oh route gosh. at this point. It has been a- eons. We're recording this. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know when this is going to go up. We'll see. Um, Depends on how much we want to bother Jackson. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to say it at the end of the episode as well, but reminder that our next episode is going to be a questions episode. So, yeah. Uh, we have a lot of great questions. Turns out when you give people like seven and a half months, they they send in questions, but <laughs> I came up with so many dumb like mini games and different rankings that we could do to fill time for our first questions episode because we were going to get no questions. And the fact that we got questions is breaking my brain a little bit. Yeah, we don't have we don't have 
too many questions. No, we're not. Always like, appreciate more. We're not but, like. <laughs> I checked our uh, our iTunes stats today, and it said we have seven engaged listeners. <laughs> hey, I, I'm not listening on iTunes, and I haven't sent you questions, so I'm already like impressed. This is like. <laughs> Someday we'll get to a game that people actually know about, and then yeah. maybe we'll have 10 listeners. We're no longer allowed to be hipsters about Tsukihime, though. That's the problem. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's definitely, like, this This game, now that Melty has a remake that's gotten popular, uh-huh. people know who Kohaku is now. People know who Kohaku It's so easy to fall in love with Kohaku just from her animations in Melty Blood. They're so good. Uh huh. I love the way that she just kind of like stalks around with her broom under her arm. It's so great. Wasn't the like, podcast lore of me just like noticing you were recording Kohaku episodes and dropping the gif of that like in the? <laughs> we were both screaming. It was so funny. <laughs> it was on one of I left it up on one of my monitors and Fen was like talking and then kept trailing off. And was like Ben, it's still going behind you. I need you to tap away from that. <laughs> incredible Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. okay so we what the fuck was that route (laughs) (sighs) oh wow sorry i just tabbed over to our discord and saw that's a large neko arc (laughs) it's a big neko arc i don't i don't i do not like miniskirt neko arc no, I, no, no. What is this? Like, don't talk about my child like this. The no, that oh, that's a regular. That's skirt. A, yeah, that's a regular. Oh, you art. mean I you mean, mean like, new Neko art? Yeah, new, new remake uh, Neko uh, art. Uh, 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 I'm not a fan of the okay of <laughs> the little blue skirt. You like the long purple skirt? Yeah, right? it's such a it's such an off putting color. <laughs> well, it and it, it 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 just lends itself well to the rocket design. Uh-huh. For the Melty yeah. Blood attack set, right? It's co- it's exactly the conical shape and color that you need for a booster. Mm-hmm. I do think, Fen, that all Neko arcs are beautiful. Yeah. They're like the Seraphim in that part of what makes them terrible <laughs> is their closeness to God. <laughs> yeah, this was a... This was a heck of a route. How are we feeling after that? I cried a little bit. I the I think I think I am alone or at mm-hmm. least Ben does not agree with me that the ending kind of soured me a little bit on Like I, I want to hear your thoughts about that. Definitely. Cuz I can Oh, it's been so long since I played it. That all of the bad things are melting away. Just go over yeah. it for me. Yeah, I don't, I don't have this. I don't have passion about this anymore. Uh-huh. To be fair. Anyway, let's start at the ending, and then we can hit the the like any story beats that Peregrine wants to talk about. Uh-huh. Um, I've got a list. Peregrine was not on the episodes where we where we. <laughs> and I also procrastinated on playing on playing it, so I also have not listened to the episodes, so I don't actually know your full takes uh-huh. yet. You're very fresh on it too. Yeah. Well, and and I think I will I will say the my main critique of the route is basically what Seal Senpai says in the lesson. Like the 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 wrap-up lesson says the issue, which is like mm-hmm. this is the like the tidying up of the various loose threads of the other routes, like uh-huh. as a route. 
And in some ways, I think I like the route a lot because I think it manages to do that like decently well or like in a way that I found engaging. And that's Mm -hmm. not easy to do. Um, It's this complicated thing, right, where type moon visual novels are root based but sequential. And it lets you do really interesting things like that the co- the whole bit with Kohaku Root is that it's kind of building in the background the whole time, right? And then by mm-hmm. the time you get there, you're like, whoa, I wasn't expecting this, but there is all this stuff leading up to it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But also, it means that this route has to do, has to be the last route and has to do all the lifting of making you feel like there's a satisfying ending to everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't actually want to talk too much about my major complaint with this route because it's super ties into stay night and when we, it's one of those, when we go with an opinion that touches on fate stay night, listen, um, when we, yeah, when we talk about fate stay night is going to be a better time to, I think, talk about that. Are you going to remember any of this by then, Ben? I mean, like. I will have, hopefully. Um, <laughs> yeah, and the, so, yeah. I don't, again, I don't want to, like, go exhaust in exhaustive detail, but, um, mm-hmm. yeah, we get, like, day five, is it? The day that Other Shiki dies, and that there's that incredible discussion between mm-hmm. our Shiki and Other Shiki is, like, I was... I was so sure mm-hmm. at that point I was like, oh, cool. We get a route where our Shiki isn't the incredibly restrained mm-hmm. person that he is in every other route. Uh-huh. That isn't like a bad end. It is like, oh yeah, he can't, he literally can't kill anyone or, uh, yeah. Or he's, you know, destined to go become a serial killer and kill all normal humans and like, Tsukihime's like ethics on what is and is not forgivable is fascinating. Yeah, I thought about this a lot during the the showdown with uh, Akiha when <laughs> Shiki just couldn't bring himself to kill his evil sister who was promising to slaughter everyone she saw <laughs> come morning. Yeah, and like he just couldn't do it. But you know, Yumizuka just had to be put down. <laughs> You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, that one that one that one hurts me specifically. Uh-huh. Oh, I do wanna one sec. I gotta show you all my uh prototype for my Yumizuka fan club fan shirt. I'm gonna drop it <laughs> in the Discord. Oh my god. I did tell you this that like the 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 version of the soundtrack that I listened to after I uh-huh. played this way back in the day, I, I this was back when you would upload your own album art thumbnails for like most uh-huh. things that you got um because like the metadata just wasn't there yet and i did have a yumizuka satsuki seal of approval oh excellent oh little incredible. little thumbnail on there yeah she's yeah. so i i was tempted to skip through because i i recognized that the kohaku route was basically just repeating everything from the hisui route in this so i uh-huh. kind of like was going through it quickly but like satsin despite having such little screen time comparatively gets some of the absolute most incredible 
Takeuchi art in the game. Uh-huh. God, I'm still thinking about that CG. Uh-huh. In front of the fountain with her. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I, I did one of those character things on Twitter a bit ago, and I was like, a lot of, surprise, surprise, a lot of it was me browsing through uh, Stay Night and Skihime screenshots for characters I liked. Uh-huh. Every time I, I scrolled past the art of her just sprawled on the ground, uh-huh. getting knocked back, blood on her lips, I was like, oh yeah, this is mm-hmm. great. That's the one! That's the one! <laughs> we all love Yumizuka Satsuki. I think, yeah, so coming back to the point I was trying to make is like I felt like this was a route that was ready to say here is a different person that Shiki could be Mm -hmm. and instead is more interested in like wrapping up everything else Mm -hmm. every other possible loose end and giving Kahaku a route of her own even though honestly he's his route was was uh a lot hers we do see a little bit of a vision of a different shiki in a particular bad ending right which one we see nani ashiki go on to oh a yeah monster yeah. killer which, which is, is like mm. this is another one where if that bad end had been expanded i mm. would f- i would have liked this route way more interesting because it's like it's the kind of thing that is like i yeah it it makes sense for i guess it makes sense mm-hmm. uh certainly budget wise it makes sense um we've talked about before that this the both he Sweet's route and this one feel kind of rushed yeah uh-huh. um and so it definitely makes sense that this one has a single ending given our theory that it was again the last the last last route that was added because people played Hisu's route and we're like, wait one sec, you can't uh-huh. just you can't just have Kohaku admit to all of these crimes and then not like explore that at all. Um I do think that it's interesting. I think it to me it does feel kind like kind of purposeful that Kohaku only has one ending and it's a happy one, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. fair. I just it leads to a very like I guess they're kind of a two-note shiki. Uh-huh. There is nearside shiki and farside shiki. Yeah. And he really doesn't change much. No. Between, yeah, between routes. Like, maybe that's being a little unfair, but... Uh, the way, I, I think I think it's fair. And I think yeah. the thing that makes it work for me is that I saw this more as the route where, like, what if Akiha was different? Right? Mm-hmm. Like, like, other characters yeah. change in the ways that shiki could have also changed and i think it would have made for an interesting story i think like the curse of uh, my in my mind and this is like the it's hard to talk about this without invoking other like later tight moon works just because you really do get a sense of like how much the writing shifts in its prioritization like Mm -hmm. between these and i think like protagonists are never really the focus in this especially this era of visual novels but like for tight moon in particular like shiki's not what people care about and i think the thing the thing that i would say is like i am curious to hear your thoughts on something like kagutsutoya where i think maybe there will be a little more of that Mm -hmm. um although i do not remember it super well so don't hold me to that but like in this one i felt like it was trying to keep shiki a little more static but change the actors around him. Yeah. Specifically yeah, is, Akiha. Yeah. 
Yeah, which I think is the the argument for doing it this way is that Shiki is the canvas upon which you paint rather mm -hmm. than much more so than like Shiro is I think Shiki is still definitely a, a character. He's not just a self-insert. Yeah. Um but it's always it's always less interesting to me the more a character is a self-insert, right? Yeah. I mm -hmm. like I, there are things I like about our Shiki. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a good number of things. I ended up liking him a lot more than I thought I would. Even if I, he's not... If I was ranking all of the characters in Tsukihime, he would still be very close to the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, But still, I ended up liking him a lot more than I thought, but he really does have that protagonist syndrome, doesn't he? Yeah. I, I, do, th I do want to admit that like when I read Tsukihime after Fate's Day Night, I did like Shiki more than Shiro. I feel upon, like that's going to be true for me, too. Well, and it's interesting, it's like, upon re-examination of kind of both of these VNs, like, I know, I think I understand why, mm -hmm. because I think Shiki is less overwhelmingly and overtly misogynistic, like, constantly as a bit, but there are, there's also just this sense that Shiki as a protagonist is a very passive receiver of forces outside of his control if that makes mm -hmm. sense like and i think the one thing i will say is like a big difference for me between kohaku and hisui's arc was how much more horrifying to me hisui's was because you had such a vivid description of the sickness of yeah. Shiki as a protagonist mm -hmm. and like I, that's the that's the highlight like that to me would be the like the reason i like the hisui arc so much is be we i i was on that pod i talked a lot about it then uh -huh. right but like you know this very vivid sort of thing and like what i found fascinating about the kohaku route was that like i was glad it didn't just do that again because i think mm -hmm. like you you can't just do that both times and not change anything and have it be as impactful but in not doing that because of the decisions akiha made it does it did kind of highlight how unnecessary and arbitrary so much of shiki's experiences in these other routes just came from no one telling him about anything and like yeah and that to me is is interesting because i think it's very different than shido who is like and once you get to Fate Stay Night, you'll get a chance to talk more about, about some of that. Uh -huh. But there is a much clearer, like, like, Shido is dealing with forces well beyond his understanding. Whereas, like, Shiki can and should be told about most of what's happening in Tsukihime. And, like, Akiha is choosing to withhold info and the maids as well, right? And that's yeah. what this route to me was, is the, like, what if people just told Shiki... Like, what if Hisui just said, oh, whoops, we're, you're mistaking me and then Kohaku. Oops, didn't didn't mean to say that, right? Or, like, Akiha just says, oh, yeah, you're just, like, living through, like, my blood relative brother who killed you, right? Like, it, it's just, like, those things come through and it really changes. Like, the way that I saw it, I guess, to, to say this more clearly, is, like, in the Hisui route, the terror was not knowing why he was going through this hell this route was the like this is why you tell people a little bit of information if they're going through hell because it actually makes it a lot more easy to understand and deal with the experience and like as a result of that what much how much more can you like self-actualize to like do the things you want to do like protect people you care about that's an interesting bit that this route does because we get these 
this moment, right, partway through the the game where Shiki figures out that the maid swapped, right? Mm-hmm. And he has that conversation with Hisui about it. And Hisui is like, don't tell her. You can't do anything. Like, nothing can change. This isn't... And we get this, like, horrible... Oh, even with all the pieces, everyone is still rushing towards this horrible conclusion when they're all going to kill each other. Uh, this, like terrible cycle of violence where makihisa hurt kohaku so kohaku's gonna hurt akiha and akiha's gonna hurt kohaku because kohaku was hurting her you know what i mean and Mm -hmm. then that could just be where it goes right like they could just kill each other and that's like where you might expect a story like that to go in a game as grim as Tsukihime at least. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of I will say I'm kind of surprised we didn't have that as a bad end for this route. As like, a bad end, yeah. It could have easily been one. Mm-hmm. But instead everyone is there's this moment where they realize at the very end that they're all killing each other for no reason, right? Mm-hmm. Akiha has some line about that or maybe it was Shiki who had the line about that where he's like the people who the person who instigated this, the people, Makihisa and uppercase Shiki, are dead. And there's really no reason for us to be doing this. Why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. It's an interesting bit because they managed to break out of that the, and all be friends at the end, I guess. God. Uh, Akiha just still being barely human. <laughs> and they can't do anything to fix her. Except for hope that she behaves herself at the end is so good. I mean, and I like I like those choices. Like, I think I mm-hmm. I was surprised coming away from this how much more I thought this narrative respected. Like, <laughs> you know, I am not an expert. I'm not good at discussions around things like mental illness, and I'm definitely mm-hmm. underqualified. But like, there's a way in which I am glad when a game doesn't try to fix people. You know, like doesn't uh-huh. try to say mm-hmm. like the only way to have a happy life is to like not have any problems it's that conversation it's the post uh sex scene conversation between kohaku and shiki it's incredible did you like that like i haven't listened to your your analysis but i remembered like going through that scene because again i skipped all of those scenes the Uh first time i read this and i was like this is not as bad as like any of the other like i i expected this to be worse than i felt about it yeah the sex scene itself is probably uh, it's still poorly written but it's probably my favorite sex scene but then they have that like post-sex discussion was that cut also i think it was her titties are out yeah like i definitely did not have that cg that's okay makes the whole root for me Mm -hmm. yeah i'm i'm staring at that at those cgs because i'm at that point in my notes and like that yeah i have been fairly negative on this route this route has some really incredible parts uh-huh and the conversation where kahaku's just like lays it all out and is like fucking i am i am broken enough that i don't know who i am uh-huh i can't and, give like, any guarantees that i'll ever get better or and even if you think that i have and that i love you it i may be lying to you and there's nothing that either of us can do about that are you okay with that <laughs> Yeah, and he's like, I'm gonna try and love you anyway. You know what I mean? Uh huh. Yeah, good. it's good. Like we don't really see because of how clipped the the endings are, right? The epilogues are. We don't really see them having to deal with the aftermath of that, right? Yeah, yeah. So you could see see it as oh, and now Kohaku is all better, right? Because we don't have to see them suffering. 
Mm -hmm. But I don't really think that's... I think it is respectful of Kohaku's whole traumatic situation that she's been through. Uh, That conversation in particular just stands out to me as being really understanding of being someone who has been brutalized in a way that no no one around them could ever really understand and still wanting to have some kind of life mm-hmm. and believing in yourself worthy of a future right yeah yeah mm-hmm. um well and it compare and contrast to the hisui conclusions where like the the route forward is to literally like kill the memories of the past right like it's uh-huh. it's it's a different I am glad it is a good ending because I think that that it is important to make it clear that the there is a good and like healthy path forward that does not simply destroy memory of mm-hmm. path. you know like it, it is more the like acknowledgement and forward motion I don't know maybe that's just me being trite and no. sappy but you know like there I but think there's value to that in, yeah that's a thing that comes up a lot in Nasu's writing right is like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You, no matter how broken you are by your situations and by the things that other people have done to you they're can still be a future for you as long as you want it right yeah as long as yeah. you don't just like uh i guess that one of the differences with yumizuka is that yumizuka leaned into murder mm-hmm. right she leaned into it really really hard she should yeah. just get a root nasu <laughs> like she, she could have root. one I think, oh, yeah yeah you, and you just kind of i think said why shiki killing a kiha isn't an end although i would still love it as a as a, analogous to the is that the true end in a kiha's route where um uh shiki's dead yeah yeah because the normal end is when yeah uh akiha is still uh being kept uh. Like, uh, like a pet as like god kohaku's got to have some really complicated feelings during the normal end uh-huh um yeah I, I i think i would like it as a like yeah as a as shiki meditating on what kohaku's life meant mm-hmm. to her and to him and like like yeah where do we go from here mm-hmm. she 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 did her goal uh all the tonos are dead mm-hmm now like yeah and now yeah um it's interesting because at that point when shiki is standing over akiha with the knife and can kill her he believes and and she may have actually she may have killed kohaku because yeah. in that in that version there's a, a good chance that she didn't hold back just enough that kohaku lived and was fine yeah you know what i mean uh-huh. so he thinks that she's a murderer and yet unlike yumizuka he still can't bring himself to kill her yeah and that's the thing is like yeah uh it's interesting the morality gets a little well i, I do think it, it speaks also to like there is more of a connection between him and Aki. like oh yeah I, I i think that that to me is one of the problems that i do have with a lot of anime and like vn protagonists mm-hmm. would be that they're a little too like well, I can't kill, like, y- I have more attachment to people in my, like, first degree of social connection uh-huh. than to, like, second or third. And, like, Yumizuka is not in Shiki's immediate, <laughs> not, like, not radar. 
no matter how much I click the the of course I like you response in this route, right? Like that's <laughs> the, not gonna the carry response. Yeah, that's not like born and raised and like cared she... for by, you know. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. God, what a while Akiha's whole arc in this is so fun. Yeah. I think like talking through it, like it's it's also that some of this is like retread of Akiha's route, mm-hmm. but it definitely feels like, oh yeah, Shiki killed um, killed Yumizuka, and then realized maybe that wasn't a great idea, mm-hmm. and so didn't kill Akiha in a very similar situation. I just I want the the route where Yumizuka becomes a vampire and they have to like figure out how to keep her alive without her going on a murder spree. Uh huh my pet vampire i want that so bad yeah it's also a very convenient like oh yeah she is part vampire and definitely derives power from that akiha akiha Uh uh-huh but also she isn't actually a vampire so she doesn't need to drink blood Mm -hmm. um but like in the ending she does right like that's what's fascinating to me is that they just yeah they fully admit that you know oh she right just gets no, it yeah from she does she does do packs. like blood pouches like, yeah presumably she has to drink a lot less blood than yumizuka though because yeah. yumizuka was like three to five a night because she can still go out in the sun right like yeah yeah because she's not actually a vampire yeah because she wants body heat not genetic information oh yeah. my god <laughs> um <laughs> It's all. I almost like the genetic information thing because it is this fun. Like, oh, my body is forgetting how to be shaped like a human. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> you telling me? Do, you telling me there's DNA in this blood? <laughs> <laughs> um. Ah. Yeah. Okay. So, Hisui's route feels a little bit like a wash to set up this route, right? <laughs> in certain ways. I, yeah, I, or if this route, yeah, it, it has inter- it has like really interesting stuff. It has bur- the Burning Body trilogy, which is like some of the greatest horror that this horror oh, romance yeah. has, right? But I think I would look very differently at the Hisui route if the Kahaku route didn't exist, because mm-hmm. it mm. would feel like okay, yeah, both the maids got routes, uh huh, or got a route, like as one, mm-hmm. and there being a Kahaku route then recontextualizes Hisui into this is a trailer for Kahaku's route. Uh-huh. And so, like, it's really Kahaku got, like, a whole route and Hisui got, like, a third. <laughs> it's so... There's so much, like, moments of dramatic irony and, like, metatextual winking at the player in this route that, that Kohaku does, and also we just have those moments, right? Yeah. This is the other thing that I meant to say a little earlier, is that I think part of this is just Tsukihime suffering from not being... Part of what is good about the different routes in Stay Night mm-hmm. is that they are... Like, they have shared the first three days, which is a lot of setup of, like, okay, uh, see everything, every all the pieces, like, get put in place. And then they're just three entirely separate routes. Like, yeah. almost immediately, things are off the rails in comparison with the last route that you want. Mm-hmm. And this is very, like, even when the routes split, it's one, it's really late. It's like, okay, you've you've shared like four or five days of this eleven day route 
uh with another version of it and then even then there's it's like oh yeah other shiki's always one of the main Mm -hmm. villains and like shiki dealing with uh or or at the very least on the far side shiki dealing with his blood or his not his blood um shiki dealing with his life force not Mm -hmm. being entirely his is like hit on over and over again and i think some of that is the freedom yeah there's there are there is writing that feels like oh you don't because of how this game is structured you don't know that i have read another section on this mm-hmm. and so you have to add it here because yeah. um i do think it sets them up for some really fun like oh i've read this scene before but whoa it suddenly has shifted uh and it's yeah, so, it's no, so familiar it becomes really strange there is some cool stuff like that but i mean like a lot of this stuff, stuff is just before the choices or before the routes diverge mm-hmm. is like yeah, th- you could be doing far more interesting stuff here if you'd sat down and said, no, okay, this is going to be a wildly different route with, like, yeah. And then the- there are scenes that are, like, similar enough to trick you into thinking that they're the same scene. The party. And then just take a left turn. Uh-huh. Um, the party is so good every time. Oh, yeah. We love the party. I thought I was on the Akiha. Like, I thought I had fucked up initially. Yeah, same. Yeah. Uh-huh. Which is, and I was yeah, like, I guess, hold on. <laughs> In in the same way that Hisui's route feels like Kahaku's, uh-huh. as well, or even more so Kahaku's than Hisui's, mm-hmm. this route feels like a Kiha's as much as mm-hmm. a, um, Kahaku's. Mm-hmm. Which is not to take anything away. F- like, it is a great Akiha. I love seeing Akiha just... Akiha gave me all of the things I've been asking for from the beginning of this, which is for one of the girls to just go hog wild. Well, and <laughs> yeah. it, fi- like, it, it finally synthesized her ability as, like, a, a semi the, the sort of, like, plundering thing. And so it just cool. made it her character bit in a way that, like, also makes sense because, listen... The only way you're going to sell me on this type of awkward, bad relationship writing in one of these games is to basically make it, like, not my choice as a protagonist, right? <laughs> like, uh-huh. it has to be that sort of just, like, yo, you need to, like, calm down, but also, like, wow. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, that's a cool CG you got there standing by that window, like. <laughs> yeah, I will. I will say... CG's sprites for every basically every CG this route. I mean, like hilarious say, that they use that window sprite, which is the same as a window sprite from her route, pretty much, just yeah. a different background. Um, three, three times this route. I think most of the CGs in this game are great. Uh huh. Most of the sprites are also great. Like Takeuchi's just I, not always a banger, but most of his art I enjoy. Mm-hmm. There's some of the. Sex scenes are, let's say, uh, some of the worst CGs. Um, some really fascinating anatomical decisions. <laughs> we'll go into some of these sex scene CGs. But, like, yeah. There are just... Every Kahaku CG this route mm-hmm. is impeccable. I'm staring at both Kahaku just propping up herself on her elbows mm-hmm. in bed mm. uh, morning That's a good of the one. final day oh, it's, it's so good it's perfect that scene is my favorite um, scene in this fucking route Haku getting killed 
also perfect. Beautiful. The, the conversation at the party, I think, is that and the conversation that Shiki has with other Shiki are like maybe my two favorite parts of this. Because what a fascinating conversation. Just that like... other Shiki combo was great. So first of all, is that like, I was trying to figure out if that was like Roa and other Shiki like conversing or if it was Shiki and she like it wasn't clear to me. But I'm assuming I, it's just Shiki at, on his own Shiki, talking uh-huh. to are, the Shiki in the yeah. Our right? Shiki acknowledges that he had that conversation, um, mm-hmm. and I guess like yeah, and and I don't think that there's evidence to support that it was Roa, uh-huh. even though we know that in the far side Roa's like way more dormant mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> until being eaten by a Kiha. Yeah, for power. Uh-huh. Mm. Well, and then even then he's not. He is, he is. Oh, yeah, yeah. The impetus, no, I'm saying that was his end. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's the impetus to make her cool. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, wake Ikiha up. was already cool, but now she can shoot beams whenever she wants. Mm-hmm. I just, like, those are two of my favorites of just, like, the, the conversation with Kahaku in the garden is like, oh, no, this is so heartbreaking. Uh-huh. Because Kahaku's, like... Kaku's tiptoeing up to mm-hmm. telling Shiki what happened. And, yeah. and she can't get herself there. And as we already kind of said, like, Shiki will pick at inconsistencies. Mm-hmm. But he's also, as often as he'll realize something is wrong and be like, okay, I have to figure out what's going on here. As often, he's just like, fucking, yep, yeah, I'm going to take this at face value mm-hmm. and just accept that. Uh, like nothing happened. <laughs> no, we finally got a return of of Shiki from like Shield's route, right? Like it's it's in some ways I liked that. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, character I think consistency. It, it does lead to a great a great dynamic of there's so much there's so much uh, joy to be had mm-hmm. in watching Kahaku and Hisui try to pretend and like drop every hint that they can possibly imaginably say without actually saying what happened. And Shiki just like, oh yeah, I'm going to keep describing your childhood to you as if it was the other girl. This route would not work nearly as well if we didn't know exactly what was up with Kohaku. Yeah. It's just, it's too, it's so tongue-in-cheek. It relies on that so much that like if... If we were going to get a surprise reveal about Kohaku at the end, it would be it. W- I think it would like hit less hard for me. Yeah, I think she's fascinating this route because it goes down. It comes up that Kohaku really doesn't have the stomach for this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, and she never really did. We know that from in the Hisui uh, true ending. We know that Kohaku really just kind of wasn't expecting to win this yeah right and she was not emotionally i mean she's not emotionally prepared for really anything but kohaku is not the kind of person who can actually do a murder which is fascinating yeah she can set wheels in motion but she doesn't actually want them to go anywhere Mm -hmm. yeah and so this this route she spends so much time like hey stop me hey this train is kind of running away hey yeah i think both this and Akiha's route, I would say, are the most interesting to me because, or I guess I should say we played Akiha's route first. It, some of the same stuff would have happened on Hisui's. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that it definitely feels like this game was meant to be played in the order that we did. Yeah. But that because the developers can't confirm that. Yeah. There are cases where it's like, well, we kind of just have to do this beat again in a different way or and not an interesting different way like shoehorn it into this story so that that further information makes sense but like this route and and akihas again make great cases for and great use of knowing that in akihas case you have played through a near side route Mm -hmm. and in this case knowing that you have played through kisui's route Mm mm-hmm and yeah, I think this is mostly a I am excited for the future uh-huh. um, because they realized that, oh, actually, we can do way better writing if we just say like, hey, here is the order that you play them. Uh, the fact that you can play Stay Night out, you could have bought a single route of Stay Night is the wildest shit. Well, that's only the remake. I know, but like that's still fucked up. Yeah. It's it, it, and I think like a big part for me is the way that Stay Night eventually takes what this game does, where Nearside is like world building, and like you carry you carry through by the force of like Arquid and and Shield's personalities and like backstories, and then Farside is like, yeah, what's the deal with this Shiki kid, huh? Like, uh-huh. <laughs> and then like you get all of that detail, and then they just don't communicate. Mm-hmm. Like, I do think the disappointment for me with the Kohaku route being the sort of, like, tie loose ends thing is that it yeah. really ties a specific subset of loose ends. And it's just like, what, what, so what's Arcwade doing now? Like, yeah. <laughs> what's, what's yeah. Shield doing now? You know, like, I had lunch with Shield once in this route. Like, are we just uh, yeah, gonna... she stopped existing. Uh-huh. It's like, and it's fascinating how... Can they still yeah. sense Roa? <laughs> Right, like, wh- like when are they gonna come for uh, Akiha? Right, like it's it ha- like, <laughs> like when and is it just gonna? Presumably you know. between now and Kagetsu Toya, when they all have sprites, <laughs> so I assume they're all hanging out at some point. And I think that this is, um, yeah. Uh, I will talk about this more on the the final like Tsukihime as a whole wrap up episode, mm-hmm. but it feels like two different games. Yeah, mm-hmm. and. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. When the remake was first announced, and I was like, oh, it's just the nearside routes, I was kind of like, that's real weird. Uh, and at this point, I'm like, oh, yeah, because it's two different games. Yeah. Like, those aren't, they are in conversation in that, in the the first far side route you play, mm-hmm. will play on some of your expectations of what is going to happen. Uh-huh. But aside from that, they're like, very interested in different scopes of conflict mm-hmm. different just different things uh-huh. overall and so it's weird or yeah and i think that that yeah that ties back into this wraps up the far side it is not a route that wraps up the game as a whole yeah the near side is more has a vibe similar to what i imagine um stay night it will have in that you're going around and doing a lot of things and lots of new people that you don't know are showing up. Whereas the far side is a haunted house and every, you, everyone is part of that family. Yeah. Right? It's very, it, it's much more insular. What What's fascinating to me, like there's things I like about this split in the sense that like the thing that never happens that would really change this game and its dynamic 
mm-hmm. would be if any of the the church or vampire representatives of Nearside talked to Akiha in the near right. Like there, there's mm-hmm. this sort of like in Fate Say Night and in a lot of the Tight Moon stuff after this, mm-hmm. like the the world of mages, the world of like heroic spirits, right? The world of vampires, like those people know what is happening in each of those or they know of the existence of them and they yeah. have they have a body of shared collective knowledge such that a family like the tonos would would know what would is happening would be able to hire like a mage to like to you know there, there's a different society built and i think in, in a lot of ways it speaks to like how much better type moon gets at some of the world building and like consideration yeah. of this um, I, but but I, you lose the horror of like the insulated family that doesn't like you lose. And I think part of this is also like if you eventually get to Kata no Kyokai, you'll get a sense of of some of the same. Like to me, that is very much a far side Tsukihime story. Mm-hmm. Right. In the way that near side is sort of more of the fate state I'd end. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like the like. Akiha knows that there's other things out there like her. She knows vaguely that the church exists because she hates Catholics. Um, (laughs) But her family is so isolated that we get this, like, great tension of not knowing, right? Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, in the the near side routes, Arkweed knows, like, could probably name magical creatures from every country that may or may not be able to hurt her or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's it's a very different vibe. Just every day I'm thinking about Arcoid and Akiha staring each other down. I've in never seen that scene The still. one scene in this game where they interact. And like, yeah, it would have been great. And CL even like says at the end of the Akiha route, she's like, listen, if you fuck up, I'm going to show up. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, it would have been great to have CL there interacting with the family Mm -hmm. and not just being like well okay i haven't spent that much time with you but i still kind of have a crush on you so i guess i'm leaving this up to you shiki yeah Yeah, it's interesting though that uh there is no mages association to call upon because the mages association is not are i'm not they're not good necessarily but the the other major force in this world that we see is the the church right and the church would unilaterally kill akiha (laughs) the only major power structure in the world that knows about magic that we know about uh they can't turn to at all Mm -hmm. and i really like that bit Mm -hmm. they wouldn't have any patience for akiha's oh i have superpowers but i have it under control (laughs) (laughs) yeah i I think this is, like, part of why, as well, like, I know that there are some people who harp on later Type Moon works because they end up getting a little, they get so big that, you you know, you can find inconsistencies and kind of poke at the failings of, of canon and whatever. Uh-huh. But I like the sense of interconnectedness it provides for cases like the Tonos, where you can mm-hmm. contextualize they're you know keep it in the family bullshit in a broader mm-hmm. sense of like there are absolutely other family like you you have a much mm-hmm. better sense of like the existence of say the nanaya i mean and it's hinted at here and like that's i yeah. also really like that in the hisui route like as at the very end 
it basically tells you that Hisui is like aware of like other family like magical families, right? But they're not yeah. it's a different names. it's a different social structure. And I think like eventually we get some of that with say the Mages Association and like the mm-hmm. Atlas Institute. You know, you you start fleshing that out more and more. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I think I expect the remake to maybe touch on more because yeah. it's Type Moon and I can't imagine they're not going to try to do that um is sort of what is the place of the tono household in that larger world that we now are privy to and how does that inform you know what each of these characters knows like who they're talking to what someone like shield can step in and say oh you're dealing with vampire like it's fascinating that we get shield's input on sachin and none of it on akiha like Uh you could have easily like shiki goes to school several times in the Kohaku route and just mm-hmm. never interacts with anyone. And like, what if you just had Shiki talk to Shio Senpai about Akia? Like you could do mm-hmm. that. Right. And there would be a conversation. There would be knowledge that you could exchange. Like mm-hmm. Shio would absolutely understand what is going on to some extent, but yeah, you just never like, get it. You know, the Nania are, are believably isolated. They don't leave their house. Apparently. Mm-hmm. They stay inside and they go out at night. <laughs> but the the Tono family is apparently very wealthy and powerful and owns corporations and shit. So yeah. it is a little weird to have them be so unknown, right? Mm-hmm. And I guess Roa knew Roa was able to fucking Google them from France. So. <laughs> yeah, that's that's very funny. You also get like the the ryogis get mentioned in yeah uh-huh in hisui's route right and like they're also like like the nanaya but i guess i sorry they're more like the tono i think where they have like a presence in the sense uh-huh. that like ryogi shiki like goes to school right like uh-huh um can't wait yeah this is making me this is making me realize that i guess there are there are families with i guess the the maximum number of people we see from a family in fate stay night is three mm-hmm. and they're ex- they're not like a family the way that um akiha shiki kaku and hisui are mm-hmm. um i would not call that a, a found family or even a healthy one but no. <laughs> there is certainly more of the a fact that even by the end uh kohaku and hisui are st- are employees <laughs> uh-huh um but even yeah even uh even as dysfunctional as that their dynamic is it it is more of a family than like i guess like shiro yeah we'll talk about it when we get there but like the characters in stay night are more yeah again closer to near side Mm -hmm. in that it's like oh yeah you are you are a character for a not a stand-in for a a set of people but that kind of thing of like okay you are yeah you're representative of your entire family or your entire group rather than oh yeah there are like four of you and you're the main characters and like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you have grown up together i see i see what you mean yeah i don't know well and i think i think like post fate stay night that gets expounded on in ways i, I really like i think fgo is, is good at this fate apocrypha does it like there, you get more of 
what it could look like if, say, a character like Dean had more of a Tono family structure, right? Mm-hmm. That's like the Demolinia type of like thing, right? So, uh huh. Like, like I, we get there eventually, and I think what's interesting is the way. Like, this is part of why I said it was hard to not mention things like Fate Stay Night in discussing something like this because I do uh-huh. think I do think so much of the limitation here must have been felt by like Nasu in writing it or like there must have been notes made because it feels very clearly that it gets expanded on later yeah i'm i'm curious whether and yeah part of this is the issue of doing a podcast about games one this old and two that were never officially released outside of japan oh yeah uh, makes it very hard to like even know where to look for information on like did nasa give interviews around the release of this i'd imagine not because it like it wasn't they weren't super big at the time um but blow up at some point yeah but i would be curious how much this game was like how much the compromises that we've said Mm -hmm. were like yeah just getting it done for their deadline Mm -hmm. and nasu knew and knew what to uh improve versus which of it was i'd imagine that writing a vn is hard and huge pain in the ass (laughs) um and yeah what did what was nasu legitimately didn't know what the reception was going to be Mm -hmm. and was like oh okay here are things i should do better Mm -hmm. next time I, I get would, the vibe yeah. from him. I get the my the vibe I get is that he's had uh notebooks and notebooks and notebooks of lore since he was twelve years old. <laughs> yeah, I mean yeah. there's lore and then there's like the 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 more like formatting or structural uh-huh. things that we've been talking about that are like, did he? Yeah, was it a? Did he know that this going in was uh-huh. was some part of this? Like, oh yeah, there are three years between those games. Yeah. What was the state of the art when guess, this was released? different different sufficiently different that it kind of justified um how different those games are it must have been really interesting because we know that tsukihime kind of had a number of smaller releases of itself mm-hmm. to a very presumably fairly engaged and ch- talkative uh fan base since they were at comic cat and shit like that right mm-hmm. so they must have gotten a lot of interesting feedback during that time period <laughs> Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Cuz this was pre like social media and mm-hmm. smartphones and everything. So there wasn't like this was always... anime message board time. Yeah. <laughs> IRC <laughs> chat like so you don't always have the opportunity to talk to the people who are going to be playing your game that directly as they have, mm-hmm. right? As it was blowing up. Mhm. Mhm. Interesting. Yeah, I would really love to read more, <laughs> like, stuff about the making of this game. I'm but. sure we'll get it with the remake uh-huh. blowing up. I think I think something I would say is, like, the, the thing to understand, if you're, like, listening to this podcast and you haven't read Tsukihime or any of the Type Moon stuff from the earlier period, the, the thing worth keeping in mind is that part of the charm of these games is that they are messy and... It is in spite of the like quasi fan fiction like quality of of some of it that mm. you find what is enjoyable. Like I think yeah. most people I know who really like Type Moon 
wouldn't enjoy it if it was like I mean it's a different type of fantasy than than a novel um like there's a different yeah. there's always like those different modes of writing where there's like heavy lore that's appendicite like you know there's an appendix and like a history and all this stuff to me tight moon is always on the edge of like none of that is well curated and that's mm-hmm. what makes it good because it gives you enough space to have other writers step in and have reusage of things and themes and iconography um to build something that provides an aesthetic and a sense of place and time without mm-hmm. constraining itself with minutia of canonicity and like that's that's why i love this in some ways uh-huh. for being such a weird amalgamation of these very disparate parts because it is in setting those parts up that you that i think you get some of the later stuff that really works um like the church perfect example mm-hmm. of this to me the church didn't show up really in earlier stuff as far as i know and like we'll eventually mm-hmm. get there but like the existence of the church in Tsukihime portends the existence of the church in everything in Tight Moon since. Yes. Executors mm-hmm. come back. Heads up, right? Black Keys, hella come back. They're so cool. Like all of these, say, cool. right? And like other right, like non Nasu writers come in and like use those things, and it's great. The thing is, one of the things I like about Nasu writing, <clears throat> Nasu writing particularly, is that he has somehow despite becoming like hugely successful he's never really lost that quality to his writing that feels like he's writing for a comic cat deadline uh-huh you know what i mean yeah oh i su- yeah exactly know what you mean yeah uh-huh. <laughs> he like uh, there is a certain amount of more modern fate stuff has definitely been like smoothed out to a certain extent right but the extent to which it has not been smoothed out writing wise is what makes it that gap is what makes it really exciting to engage with right yeah Mm -hmm. it isn't as digestible as other things even the if you go on the on any one of the like fan wikis for the fate universe with a simple question you might have 10 answers that make no sense together (laughs) and i really appreciate that fact (laughs) Yeah, so that's a... It's messy in a different way than, like, a comprehensive, like, Marvel, like, wiki, you know what I mean? Which should... You think it should be a similar kind of vibe because Marvel has the same thing where it's like, oh, there's many incarnations of the same character, right? And different people are writing it. But there's just something less neat about the way that Fate approaches things that I really appreciate, yeah. Well, yeah, and I think we'll we'll talk about this again when we get to Stay Night, but mm-hmm. Tsukihime was canonically a prequel. Prequel in the sense that it took place before and in the same world as Stay Night. And then I think at some point in the 2000s, mm-hmm. that was retconned to no longer be true. Uh-huh. And they take place in two different universes. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's just such a fascinating, like... Yeah, that's such a fascinating change to go from like, yeah, these two are in the same world to, uh-huh. oh, no, actually, th- those two worlds are fundamentally incompatible with each other. Yeah, I- the whole like, there is a mul- a fate multiverse, basically, right? Mm-hmm. But it doesn't make me want to puke. <laughs> it's It reminds me a lot of the Zelda stuff, if I'm being yeah. honest. Like, there's a sort of like, again, there's a group that re- maybe really does care about that canonicity. But fundamentally... Uh-huh. 
it's again the themes the iconography the like it's the way in which again like we're talking about the kohaka root so i'll try to like tie Mm -hmm. some things back to that right but the way that the the route itself decides to tie up loose ends is not Mm -hmm. one that cares about that canonicity right this Uh is not about tying up loose ends relating to that near side stuff with with arcoid and shield right which Mm -hmm. by all rights is what gets carried forward the most Uh but it does want to tie up loose ends about you know the individuals and the characters in this setting unlike other visual novels Tsukihime is about the characters. <laughs> well, and and I think, but but like so so what I would say is like something that reminds me a lot in terms of wiki dives is if you look at something like Guilty Gear mm-hmm. or like an anime fighting game, for example. And I feel like this is relevant, right? Because Tsukihime eventually gets that spinoff, right? Like it's it's uh-huh. in a We're similar. Gonna play Mounty Blood real soon. <laughs> yeah, like and like and it it operates in that space, and I think that there's. Whenever I'm trying to, like, explain to someone what I like about a game like Tsukihime and, like, a a franchise-like fate is Mm -hmm. there is something to me fundamentally different about setting up an anime fighting game that has roots in a novel like Tsukihime Uh that ultimately doesn't care about the, like, overall arc of of a big world-saving plot in, the, like, the mm-hmm. grand scheme of things, right? It cares about these individual characters who then will, like, later show up and resolving their, like, often very intimate, like, things that exist in spite of these forces. Um, and so reading those wikis is, like, similar at a glance, but the attachment that you end up getting to, like, the mm-hmm. details in those wikis it feels very different to me. Um mm-hmm. I will say I don't have enough experience with something like Marvel to really like have that same like a like I don't know how apt a, a comparison would be to something like that. I think there's elements I of it. It reminds tell me you of any comic DC or Marvel comics I've ever read, but I have like fiddled around in the wikis for that and like Star Wars and stuff. You know what? Star Wars might be an interesting comparison because mm-hmm. I feel like Star Wars Extended Universe probably has closer vibes to how the fate like universe act like functions together than something like marvel yeah i feel like yeah and i think that's why you get i think that star wars fans even though star wars is moving in a marvel direction it feels like i feel like star wars fans have more in common with fate fans than marvel fans have in or dc fans have in common with fate fans if that makes sense yeah and it's not just mace windu (laughs) i am no expert but i think that 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 pre-disney star wars yeah had a had a much like closer to the attitude towards like Dojins, uh with its EU content. Uh-huh. Which was just like, yeah, fucking we'll let you publish a, a book that says some wild shit happened. <laughs> sure. Um and then Disney was like, okay, actually we're just gonna throw all of that out so that we can't have a canon. Uh-huh. As opposed to yeah. Something that that is more fun, I would say. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I do. I enjoy that. I enjoy that somewhere there is a like. Okay, here's here's how and where these universes diverged. Like, I know that extra is the Stay Night universe, except that like magic started dying out at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, extra is so. I do not even know where to start. I don't understand its place in the canon, but I love it anyway. Like, 
I want to play that game. But like I I enjoy that that not like throwing up your hands, but just saying like yeah, like we wanted to play in a different in different space mm-hmm. and we'll tie it back into we're going to use a lot of the same characters. Mm-hmm. Uh we're going to ground you in that same canon, mm-hmm. but going to do a different thing with it. Yeah. And that's just really it's fun. It's nice. It's not if they cared about the minutia too much, uh, Fate Grand Order would be the most annoying game ever made. Oh, it, right? it's insufferable. Yeah. But instead, they're just like, yeah, here's here's a, one of the characters from the, another game that has no connection to this at all. Just roll with it. It's fine. Something something computers. I mean, this is like, here. like, I'm genuinely curious, too. Like, I know there are a lot of higher profile, like, well, I know one manga author recently who like got talked into like drawing for Fate Grand Order and stuff. But like, I'm curious what the appeal of Tight Moon is. Like, it's clearly popular, right? And I mm-hmm. think that different people will give you different answers. Like, we're gonna be biased toward a certain analysis, probably by virtue of who we are. I know Four I. Women. <laughs> it's so. Oh, we can't. Oh my God, Fate Extra. Anyway, the like. There is like a specific type of appeal to me in this and and something intangible that I like have a hard time communicating clearly about like what it does that other franchises don't. Um because I don't think I would enjoy a visual novel that looked like these far side routes as an example. Mhm. As much as I enjoy this and it's like hard to really get at why that's the case. Yeah. But Something about the style. We talked a little bit about this one, I guess, if he sways art. Like, I love the 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 way that Nasu writes is definitely part mm-hmm. of that that picture. I think that there is a poetry to his writing in particular um, that endears me toward it, especially as like a fantasy franchise. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's it's really like a, a a crucial part that can I find missing again from those more like historically written um, mm-hmm. franchises, and then. Mm-hmm. In addition to that, these characters live in a space that includes Catholics, which is I'm an easy mark for that. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> also, the Bloodborne. This this is a it's all related anyway. But you get like that, um, not like a sense that you're tied to another franchise within the universe, but that mm-hmm. you're tied to like real institutions that mimic enough what society has and its issues. Um, specifically, I'm thinking of the way, like, there's church politics, um, there are academic politics with, like, mages that we'll get a lot later. There's clearly, like, social politics with the Tono household that I find really, um, almost grounding for this setting. Um, the way that, you know, you talk about a rich family and, like, the internal family politics that deal with, like, adopted children, right? Like, that all, Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how realistic any of that is. It feels tropey in a way that I've seen it in, mm-hmm. like, anime and other movies and things like that before. But, like, there's a craft to, like, bringing in all of those elements to ground the fantastical that, mm-hmm. like, really works well for me. Yeah, it feels like the 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 stuff where they start bringing in the rest of the world, the lore and that stuff, doesn't really feel like it's there to... It feels like it's all coming in as to add texture to the world rather than to sell you uh, a book about the church next. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. They are going to sell you other church characters in the future because they're business. I'm so they're going to do that. For Noel. 
I don't know what her deal is. But it does, it has a feeling of, um, what is it? Not genuine it feels genuine the way that it comes it like and organic the way that this stuff comes up and starts adding to this world yeah it feels like we are very much doing final (laughs) wrap up yeah i want to bring it back to a kohaku question in a sec but say what you're uh gonna say fan i was gonna say uh it feels like the details that are necessary to understand characters and Uh provide reasoning for who they are Mm -hmm. are there and it's not we never get a like oh here's a a tantalizing bit about the the world that we've added um like just add texture Mm -hmm. to something it's always like oh yeah this is this is uh or i don't i don't want to say always because i it has been uh seven seven almost eight months Mm -hmm. since i read the first um the first route Mm -hmm. but uh it very often feels like a natural outgrowth of conversations Mm -hmm. rather than i'm going to sit down and give you uh enough of the lore bible to make you want more like what do we learn about the church we learn that they think that a a natural right of humans is to kill monsters which Mm -hmm. is how cl is justifying the things that she does and we learn that they are willing to torture uh, children like CL. Mm-hmm. Well, and that there's <laughs> you know seven I mean? sacraments, and that there, you know, there's and executors like a as a branch bullshit. of the church. Well, so, but I, I do think but they do learn... drop some of that. To be clear, like, You're right. but I agree that it is not. It never feels like it. Like comes up as it goes. Like, God, sometimes it just feels like they're saying cool bullshit, right? Yeah. It doesn't feel like like what the fucker what does the fuck does it mean that that gun is a sacrament? They're not going to tell us. Uh-huh. Right now at least. And if they do explain it later, it's probably going to be a dumb answer. Oh, it's beautiful. Oh, it, oh, you're so I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. You'll learn. So the, <laughs> the, the what what I think Typhoon is particularly good at doing and like the sorry this Uh is just full like game wrap-up stuff at this point but it's those moments where it plants seeds of things Mm -hmm. that are not it may not bring up in the future but if and when it does you'll recognize it and be like oh shit ryogi like i know that name right like he's we mentioned this as part of the like the nanaya like right like part of the ecosystem of you know external to mage society but like family structures within like japanese like demon and demon hunter like dynamics right there's not a post credit scene that tells you what the next movie is going to be right yes mm-hmm. that's the di- it, it's like they don't have a plan for the rollout of the next three phases right yeah as much as it feels like nasu has a journal that he's been writing lore in for mm-hmm. however long it absolutely feels 30 like that. years That's something that i absolutely love about um, it. i wish i had the bravery to make the things i wrote in middle school the things that i was working on now yeah i it never i don't think i ever feel like or at least not in the not in the the fate mm-hmm. or type moon work that i have consumed it never feels like there's an overarching plot mm-hmm. that like Nasu's like, okay, I did that bit. Now here's the next part that I need to like write. Uh-huh. It's more like, okay, uh, what was the feedback from the last thing that we did? And like, where do we go from here? Mm-hmm. And like, what what is, 
we have this we have this rich rich grounding in what this world is Mm -hmm. let's go play in some other part of it we even get the crossover the like civil war crossover is grand order but they don't feel the need to send all those characters back changed and like redo everything in a specific way that is affected by the crossover event you know what i mean yeah i mean that's partially because grand order is its own yeah universe yeah because they wouldn't do that right like yeah, Shiro and Shiki aren't going to team up outside of like something funny, right? I think that that is part of the nice thing about all of the. We're just I, ragging on like Disney now, which is pretty fun. Yeah, and we should get back to. We're already at an hour and a half. We yeah. should get back to the Kahaku at some point. Um, uh just one last thing. Yeah, that is, I think, partially also just like we haven't. We haven't uh, gotten to any ongoing manga or anything mm-hmm. like that, but it feels like most of the projects that Foxtail fan. I'm so excited for Foxtail. And yeah, as if everyone listening didn't already know that. <laughs> um, yeah, most of the projects that Nasu is publicly credited in are stories that are complete. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's not like, oh, a week to week comic or yeah. um that is like kind of constantly oh and we need to sell you more issues of it's uh-huh. like here is a game and you will play it and it has a self-contained story or mm. semi-self-contained I yeah mean, like, the exception to that would be he works on grand order yeah but that is, but he he is on record like calling that an exception and like kind of resisting doing it i think partly uh-huh. for some and of this also i would say that in some ways yeah i guess that does break but it's also like every lost belt at least so far i guess five is divided up into two sections and Mm -hmm. six is three sections but up until now every every chapter has been its own story yeah and like and not not entirely disconnected from everything else but very much a like hey let's tell a story and we'll have a little bit of overarching stuff Uh but like fundamentally it is a story about these characters in this time Uh uh-huh and it's collaborative and i think like this is where the start like i agree a lot with the i was gonna say the star wars analogy i completely forgot that star wars also has mystic eyes of death perception it does yeah and like that i think that's meaningful because well and i was gonna bring it up in the getting back to like the the kohaku route stuff eventually too i i want to think about mystic eyes and their role in that plot as well because i think it's I fascinating to consider it, but yeah i want to talk about the problem that i've had the main problem that i've had with tsukihime up to this point is how cavalier it is treat with its treatment of sexual assault which led up to kohaku which is a very very is attempting to be a nuanced take on like sexual trauma how do we feel that they do at this given how like uh, sexual assault is treated as like a joke or a reward up to this point yeah because that's like the big breaking point with the kohaku route right i think we talked about that a little bit Mm -hmm. in our in our read through but and it has been even longer since i read that scene Uh um than when we talked about it last time but there's Uh, one in the hisui arc too i mean it's constant right yeah i mean i mean in terms of uh yeah it has been even longer since we last talked about it uh since i've read the kahaku sex scene Mm -hmm. but my memory of it at least is like oh this is the the most compassionate i guess i would say or 
the most uh like kohaku's actual sex scene or something yes i see uh it is the most let's see what's the word i'm searching for like yeah there's the most like checking in mm-hmm. and it is very explicitly like shiki taking care of kahaku there is a, a moment where uh, she does the thing where she's like oh that hurts and he doesn't say oh but it feels so good i just have to keep doing that thing uh-huh. you know what i mean he backs off a little bit if i'm remembering that correctly it's like up to this route shiki doesn't really seem to i think it's very telling that when shiki finds out what happened to kohaku he is repulsed and like horrified by what happened to her right there is no hemming and hawing about that he's just like heartbroken and wants to protect her right and he's yeah he's not repulsed by her by her no it's like oh by makahisa's terrible yeah yeah yeah. there's like no it's interesting because there's no ambiguity to it here even though his previous behavior is so weird right Mm -hmm. Uh uh-huh i think uh it's i think it's to some extent Oh, y'all ready? Sorry, this is gonna be a gonna stretch a little bit. It it reminds me so much of the double think that goes on in broader societal discussions around mm. men perpetuating sexual violence, in the sense that it is always horrific if some other man does it, and then the moment that you yourself perpetuate it in that mm-hmm. stance, you you like forgive so much more. Mm-hmm. And and I hate it in this particular instance because the Kohaku route to me says that Nasu does in fact know what a good, like what an appropriate mm-hmm. interaction of this nature can and should look like yeah. and just chose not to write it that way in these other things, mm-hmm. whether mm-hmm. to titillate or to, it's just frustrating, right? Yeah. Because that's the culture, right? In so many words. And like, it's yeah. so obvious to me that that's what's happening like mm-hmm. you're trying to give a little bit of something for everyone or you're you know you're you're providing yeah. the full rate whatever and like that's probably that the suck, excuse yeah. you would use to like if you were to to sell something at comic cat and be like well you know there's a scene with all of these different characters and one of them is uh-huh. explicitly underage and like your sister and like ooh, that's if you don't like it you don't have to play that route you know it's like that type of thing and yeah i just oh, yeah, wish it didn't have that that kind of is mm. optional yeah yeah um i didn't play it that's true (laughs) i think we talked about it during hisui Mm -hmm. i also remember typing it out somewhere but i think uh as far as i remember at least Mm -hmm. aside from arcoid which is explicitly framed as sexual assault Mm -hmm. um the other sex scenes didn't are not good but they also didn't uh strike me as like uniquely bad yeah it very Mm -hmm. much felt like oh yeah this is what these sex scenes are Uh in at this time and like this is how you write them um Mm -hmm. and that's not to give a pass no but more for people who weren't reading vns and the early aughts that had really poorly translated (laughs) or even some official yeah poorly written sex scenes yeah it's not it's not Skihime isn't unique mm-hmm. and so i think it is like it almost yeah at least one read of this is that for this scene nasu refused to do the thing that he did with the other ones which is like mm-hmm. yeah here's what's standard and i guess this is just yeah. like this is what people want so i'm gonna give it to them and this one's way more <laughs> compassionate to kahaku 
or Shiki is way more compassionate to Kahaku as like, hey, I I realize that bad things have happened to you. Mm-hmm. I need to take care of you. How can I how can I do that with you? And that to me is what I've always wanted out of Shiki and how I've always assumed mm-hmm. Shiki can and would behave in those instances. And what frustrates me is it took us this long to kind of get yeah. that because mm-hmm. there's hints of it in the second scene with Hisui. Like, it's, you know, you kind of get there and the, it's always written off as like Roa's influence in a way that I think is too convenient. Mm-hmm. And that's what frustrates me, I think, about it is like, yeah. I wanted more, uh, you know, we talked about this with Hisui route too, where like there is, I, I liked the way that there was repulsion about like sexual drive just from a sort of like, you know, I've been that age, I've been in that place. I think that that instinct is not good to have but it's very human and like mm-hmm. of a, a particular like way that we're taught to internalize some of those feelings and like yeah that could have been used in internal mm-hmm. dialogue during these sex scenes and i think it would have been a choice to make it explicitly unsexy um which i think these scenes anyway are so like you wouldn't have lost yeah. anything imo but you know like i understand that the reason you wouldn't do that is because you're trying to sell it as titillating and that's the like yeah I, I can't not read it as that type of decision. And that's why I think it, a lot of them fail and like are yeah. unsatisfying. Right. And yeah, it's like we get the. It It is it is like weirdly two faced. Right. Because mm-hmm. we got the stuff with Kohaku that is com- so compassionate. We get the moment in the Hisui route when Shiki has that dream of uppercase Shiki assaulting Kohaku and his reaction when he wakes up is to run to the bathroom and throw up because he's horrified right Mm -hmm. about what just happened and then but we there is a cg of her naked that is gonna haunt us and like i can't i can't read it as not supposed to be not being intended to be a little sexy even though it is not right yeah yeah it's too gratuitous yeah Mm mm-hmm and we get the the arcweed sex scene that has a similar problem, or the arcweed uh, sexual assault scene has a similar problem, right? Where it's just really gratuitous for no clear reason, <laughs> except for to be titillating. And I think that we know that Nasu is capable of writing horror in those types of in- interactions through, mm-hmm. you know, the sickness scenes, the like having to watch Roa do things, you know, like there's a way that I am convinced. A lot of it is CGs to Yeah. Me. Yeah, yeah, a lot of it is. There are not many CGs in this game, and it is telling which one that those scenes get CGs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I think a third to a half of every character's CGs are are NSFW. Uh huh. Interesting. I mean, this is to me, this is the downside of the comic. Like, I I'm I like the way that the writing feels like leading up to a comic at deadline, but comic Head has baggage, and uh-huh. most of it, most of the baggage to me is in the way it commodifies and treats like trauma as fetish right and like how that gets packaged into games that otherwise wouldn't need to or would be inconsistent Mm -hmm. with those depictions and and that the the thing that i would cite here is that kohaku's route to me is the most clear delineation of it is inconsistent with shiki as a character to have been Mm -hmm. cruel in these ways in these previous routes and it is frustrating that there was not more resistance given from his perspective during those sequences because he is truly horrified by that influence mm-hmm. and we get so much of it elsewhere except in those moments and it seems like that's the, uh-huh. to sell the 
the CGs, right? Yeah. That's and the flip side of that is that the Kohaku route, I think, handles it seems like it's playing with fire, like really, really bad given the the rest of the game, but it does a good job, I think. I'm not again, I'm not a trauma expert or anything like that, but I think that for how big a swing it is to talk about like child sexual trauma of that level that they're talking with Koha- when with Kohaku, it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like they're just like and here what's the worst thing we can think of to just throw in for this character? It feels mm-hmm. like it's intentional and in actually thinking about and trying to say something about something specific. You know what I mean? Mm. Instead of just, well, we need this to be the worst and most fucked up thing yet to be gross. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's also, Kohaku's trauma is grounded in a way that not everyone else's is. And I think that's really interesting. It's like... um Arkaweed has this like trauma over her immortality and not understanding what life is. And it's very like fantastical, right? Mm -hmm. CL can't die. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then uh, Akiha has monster disease. Yeah. They're analogy. All of, all of the previous characters have trauma through analogy, right? That's, that's Uh the thing. And then we get Hisui who is, has like survivor's guilt essentially. And then we get uh, Kohaku who a very bad man takes advantage of her. Mm-hmm. And they're very, they're, that's what I'm talking about when I'm saying that they're like grounded and human in a way, like a human horror in a way that not the, the rest of the game, not the rest of the game, but the rest of the characters like grounding pain isn't right. Yeah. I think that's interesting. Yeah. Like there's no analogizing what Kohaku went through narratively yeah right it is she says it it she is says it in words and i appreciate that about her like, i love kohaku is the thing yeah well and i like i am glad that she gets a good and i think like there's so much to be said for the fact that they they she is allowed a good ending to me that's like the yeah. biggest thing like you can be messy with these things and i again will never defend this mm-hmm. as a good depiction of any of this because that's not my yeah. place to say but i do I think, think interesting any anything of that nature that allows a character to be happy in the future without forgetting right mm-hmm. acceptance happiness support love like those sorts of things are given and and meaningful in this route which is to me what i like it really is the wrap-up route in so many ways for me specifically because it finally doesn't fuck up (laughs) like Mm -hmm. the the it doesn't make cheeky the protagonist have to be abusive at some point during the story toward Mm -hmm. the object of his affection and like yeah in, and it does it with the character for whom that would be absolutely the worst possible thing to do. Uh-huh. So it dodges bullets, Matrix style, like at the very end. And like, that's the power of the root as a conclusion for me personally. But like... Uh, it's interesting because <laughs> you can almost read it as Shiki actually like learning to be a better person. Because the worst shit uh of him mistreating women is at the very beginning of this game and then he gets over it even though mm-hmm. that's not that doesn't read chronologically that's an interesting way to leave it off right mm. and i think it's also telling that this is the route where he learns about things the fastest right and uh-huh. and people don't hide it from him and he is like 
faster at reconciling it, understanding Roa's influence and pushing back, you know, like you get mm-hmm. and maybe that's the excuse that Nasu would give for like the, the gap in behavior between these routes. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm not convinced by that. But like, I do yeah. think one of the lessons I took away from Kohaku's route was sort of the the power of transparency in mm-hmm. familial yeah, definitely... trauma right like and in, in like just don't don't hide shit right from your family uh-huh. in this way um and that being a good alternative yeah it's uh some of this stuff feels like nasu is just kind of stumbling on it right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thousand and percent. i it's it'll be interesting it's both it's impossible for us to take guesses at themes that will be carried forward (laughs) because we know so much about like future stuff Mm -hmm. just i haven't played a lot of uh fate stuff but i've played grand order and a lot of that has nasu's touches on it right Mm -hmm. but it will be really interesting to see what what things from this era of writing will carry on and be expanded on and the things that felt like mistakes becoming or not mistakes, but feeling things that felt like happenstance, then becoming like core to Nasu's work. There, mm-hmm. there, there is absolutely a conclude, like a follow up to Kohaku's route in a very popular, important type moon game. Is what I will tell you. I will not <laughs> <laughs> like like this exact the way that I feel about Kohaku's route. It's been a long time since I've read, I haven't reread this recently, but I've listened to people talk about it recently, and like it, mm-hmm. it extremely is revisited. And yeah, again, like I'm not going to say it's perfect or whatever, but I do think it it shows, it gives me hope that the right things are being mm-hmm. internalized after Tsukihime. I, yeah, I would say that there is a, even if the uh, this route in particular doesn't always get everything right. Mm-hmm. It feels very compassionate to the uh, character's trauma. Yeah. And, like, what happened. I would agree. And I that. think that, that that, if nothing else, is is uh, something we can say with certainty. But um, I, would, I would say, I hope, if I didn't already know, that that is kind of carried forward mm-hmm. in terms of, like, yeah, never, never presenting characters who have been traumatized as like oh they're just unforgivable you know uh-huh. they did these terrible things and and they're just awful yeah um and sometimes there's people who don't deserve your compassion like uppercase shiki or makihisa right yeah like makihisa has a similar problem as akiha's he is rotting from the inside from monster disease and he knows it and he can't let it go and what does he do he decides it's okay to sacrifice children yeah you know what i mean and there is a point where shiki said this is one standout to me that made me raise my eyebrows mm -hmm. like shiki does at some point like say after reading that like oh i can't blame makihisa and it's like yeah you can't like yeah you can this i disagree Uh with right this line and he made his choice yes and his choice was to torture a little girl and i think like eventually he does get to that conclusion but it was Uh weird to see it in that amita and i think the reason it showed up in that moment was because shiki himself was convinced he was dealing with the same problem mm-hmm. and was and it, yeah, and it was, was awkward that. that that was like when you uh-huh. chose to frame it that way but it kind of made sense in the moment but yeah i, I think yeah that line at, at least my reading was far more shiki uh like saying i am terrible yeah yeah than saying 
maybe Makihisa wasn't so bad. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah. So I think, yeah. yeah, I guess I would say the the uh, this route is compassionate to those who deserve it. Yeah. I guess I would say. It's not like, the, <laughs> to bring another like big franchise uh, in, it doesn't have the Steven Universe problem where every single person needs to get like a redemption arc. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it recognizes that sometimes there's just a bad person who won't turn their back on the bad things that they do. And at a certain point, you don't need to care about their feelings anymore. Sometimes there's just, there is a bad person who hurts people. <laughs> like, <laughs> like how you don't have to try to reach out to every single fascist that you ever see. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, some of these people are not reachable to you. And, like, some people are. I think, you know? yeah, it is definitely, it's interesting. The conversation with other Shiki uh, on day five is the most we ever get of humanizing him. Mm-hmm. But, like, he's leaving town. He's still going to go kill more people. Uh-huh. It's not it's like a, a funny scene. oh, I'm going to give up on on my murderous lifestyle. It's like, nope, I'm just going to go be murderous a couple towns over. Uh-huh. And then we won't clash each other uh, into, or we, yeah, and then we won't run into each other anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, yeah, which is like cool. I don't think that we're ever asked to be like feel bad for him. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. It's yeah. And, like Akiha killed him. I- Roa too. We get the uh, Roa scene where it's like, oh, uh, in the CL route, we get a lot of like more stuff about Roa, but it's not. The game is never like. And that's why you should forgive him for all yeah. of the no. rape and murder. That well, he and did. I think I think explicitly what I like about Tsukihime and and its portrayal of these things is that it explicitly like has that conversation to convince mm-hmm. you that Chiki is not human, and like it doesn't try to sell you on well, we need to treat inhuman entities as not as as also part of humans. It's like no, mm-hmm. like in that particular instance, the point is like. There is a choice being made by this character yeah. that makes them antagonistic yeah. to society. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it does not try to convince you that that means we need to... It doesn't do the thing of just mm-hmm. like, well, and you have to accept that because people are different. It's like, no, like that's like, this is finally yeah. the route where like Akiha is like, okay, yeah, this is a problem and it's my responsibility mm-hmm. to take care of it. And so I will. And then... You see through her arc that because she chooses, like, she also starts doing this but never kills anybody. I think that was, like, a key uh-huh. detail to me was, like, uh-huh. Akia starts draining blood, but the victims survive. And, like, there's clearly some, there's something trying to be communicated by that difference in terms of the the degree to which she's unwilling to fully embrace what mm-hmm. that conversation was saying that, like, Shiki had fully embraced, uppercase Shiki had... And and like that to me is important. Like those minor details, I think, like uh-huh. communicate the sort of like helping the person who wants desperately to continue being human, like Satsuki, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> doesn't get that redemption. Damn it, give me the arc. But like, that, yeah. but like you you get the conversation and you understand the the will and the like mm-hmm. the friction and yeah. the the like the horror right of turning into something non human. Mm-hmm. Arcoid isn't human, but she makes a conscious choice not to go on a killing spree, even though she kind of always wants to. I mean, this right? is, and this is constant in, like, fate. And honestly, this is just, like, historical, like, inhuman 
characters mm-hmm. in Greek mythology, like trying to embrace humanity and vice versa. You know, like mm-hmm. this is a very tried and true kind of thing. IMO. Um, yeah, it's interesting because Kohaku, Kohaku's actions direct, directly and willfully led to the death of five to ten people, probably in her route. Mm-hmm. I would guesstimate. But we know that she can't do it with her own hands, which is interesting, which I guess doesn't cross that line. It's really interesting because I've had a couple people mention like accountability Mm. (laughs) with regards to this game. And it's like, it's so fascinating to me because how could you ever hold any of these people accountable for anything that they've done? (laughs) You know? Like, Kohaku has caused the death of a bunch of people by letting out a vampire, and she did it on purpose. Mm-hmm. And she was apparently, according to her in the Hisui route, telling him who to kill. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But, like, what is she supposed to do? Go to prison for it? You know? Yeah. Like, is she supposed to apologize to the family? How do you do that? How do you... How could you ever hold someone accountable for that kind of crime? You know? I mean, this is a this is a much bigger conversation about like corp this is like <laughs> I've been reading a lot about this exact problem over the past uh-huh. couple of years for social reasons, right? Like it's it's difficult. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a good answer to this. And I think what and like no. the power to me of Kohaku's route is in some ways understanding that friction and like Mm -hmm. choosing to salvage the humanity rather than Mm -hmm. punish the inhumanity right like in that specific way and i think like that's that's the akiha the akiha fight too right Mm -hmm. and choosing rehabilitation over punishment and and in some ways it works to me because it's it's a family like you're dealing with cheeky who is like a close connection to these people like it's not like these are strangers um and we're expected to just like suspend our disbelief that like the anime protagonist views the villain in high regard because they're you know this is a common thing that Mm -hmm. happens with these types of redemption arcs and other media where like oh you're a war criminal but like oh you're not that bad a guy you know like this is different Uh to me Mm -hmm. in that it is selfish that cheeky loves these characters and like I do like that he's a selfish guy. Like, I think that's good. I like, I think, and him. I think part of that to me too, it's humanizing. it helps prevent the trauma from feeling fetishized in that way because uh-huh. there's the accountability to me is, is Shiki and Akiha feeling accountable to the trauma that was mm-hmm. pushed onto someone that they care about. Right. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So I do think there are themes of Like, I definitely think there's themes of this. It's just the focus is on that first and Mm -hmm. then not on you know it would be kind of weird i think in this narrative to ask the writers to discuss kohaku's accountability for that reason Uh because i think that you would dilute the focus and yeah yeah, yeah. you know like it would be difficult to pull that off i think not that it shouldn't Mm -hmm. happen like you know i'd be curious to see a fanfic or something try to deal with some of this or like <laughs> uh-huh. but like it's not why we're here and this is a theme i think in other type moon stuff as well like there will be spoiler alert there will be similar types of maybe <laughs> reckless disregard for human life about characters to uh-huh. whom we are then asked to be sympathetic and i think it also uh-huh. works in those instances for 
similar types of narrative reasons. And if that sounds like too much to you, definitely that's fine, uh-huh. right? Like I'm fine if you want to draw that line, right? But like there's a yeah. way that I think society trains us not to do that ever. And so I'm kind of, mm-hmm. I, I enjoy it in these instances because I think it is worth considering, you know? Yeah, I don't, I like, I don't think that the, the, I don't. And also I don't think that the game thinks that Kohaku is completely innocent for the things that she does because she is in this like disassociative state you know what i mean uh but it does recognize that any kind of reconciliation or um accountability is basically impossible to get in this scenario (laughs) you know what i mean there's no peace for any victim (laughs) of this game yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. which i think is because it's monsters yeah Mm -hmm. Um, it's uh yeah yeah there's a a ongoing series right now Mm -hmm. that i really enjoy large parts of has in a cliffhanger or like an ongoing mystery about if one of the characters killed their entire family Mm -hmm. or not Mm. and in that case it feels entirely if it turns out that she did it would feel like a very weird choice mm-hmm. that it is even being dangled as a possibility feels strange. Yeah. Um, because that's just not the manga that it is. Uh-huh. Uh, as opposed to this game where it's like, oh yeah, like sure, Kohaku killed indirectly several people. I don't that does not like disqualify her from being a good person. Uh-huh. And I think there is like a like distrust (laughs) going back to that conversation between uh, the Shikis. There's a distrust of like who gets to there isn't a magical court that's going to give her a fair trial. Right. You know what I mean? I hear that a lot is like when you see a character who's done bad things, but like gets redeemed at the end. They go to prison and they have a fair trial, I guess. You know what I mean? And like there's a distrust of centralized authority. built into nasu stuff i think well and i yeah. and, and what i would add to that too is i think eventually what this turns into is mage society having its own set of mm-hmm. moral like there is there yeah, is a frequent bad. friction yeah like like and it's explicit but it's also i think in that case it's easier to deal mm-hmm. with this particular friction because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the way that mage society is bad is such a clear mirror to me of the way like class division in society treats yeah, these yeah, issues because yeah. mm-hmm. let me tell you like part of what is worth considering here as well is like the ways that we do forgive people for killing other people mm-hmm. wantonly and willfully because it's socially sanctioned because it happens everywhere yeah. right uh-huh. mm-hmm yeah the the um the serial killer chat is so funny to me but it's a really interesting question that they raise you know uh-huh. what I mean? mm-hmm. uh, the the idea of state sanctioned violence being okay but them going on murder sprees isn't and that being hypocritical even though they are murderers they do have a point uh-huh yeah <laughs> it's yeah. interesting i think that's the that's kind of where i wanted to end up is uh-huh that Part of it is like, yeah, like the monsters and stuff are metaphor for, uh, or like, yeah, gives permission to play in mm-hmm. like heightened emotional arenas. But there's also an element of like, yeah, I don't know how you assign, 
I don't know how you assign blame. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, sure, Kahaku let Shiki out, but also, like, she was assigned to take care of him from uh-huh. an extremely young age and, like, went from being abused by Makihisa to being, being abused, abused by, by him. him. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, and how also do you being taken advantage of by Akiha, who's still treating her like a servant? Well, and we yeah, and we have admission of guilt from Makihisa that like it's his fault for not being able to kill Shiki fully. I mean, like there there is an internal yeah. Yeah. like moral politic to the Tono family that was mm-hmm. ignored as like the the that's what started this, right? Uh huh. Um, Fucking Makihisa. Tono. Yeah, like <laughs> what a fucker. Yeah, yeah. I just. I think that there's a way that you look at this mm-hmm. and say, like, on CL's route, like, damn, she killed her entire family. She should, mm-hmm. like... Yeah, it's like, I want to see her deal with that. Uh-huh. I don't want to see her um, be locked up for it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's, I that's can't imagine that being a solution in any of these cases. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I think that it's interesting that um, we see Kohaku we don't see a lot of Kohaku dealing with the the aftermath of these roots, right? But we do see a very critical look forward in Hisui's root, uh, the Hisui true end, right? Mm-hmm. We see her not not handling it well, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. The thing that she did to Akiha. And so we do know that she's not just going to... She's not cured. Mm-hmm. She's not fixed. These th- these scars don't go away. Whereas in the CL route, it did feel a little like, you know, she's fine now. Mm. Yeah, I got mm-hmm. diverging back into uh huh general. Yeah, uh, but I it's real. It's re- I mean, just, you know, like you can't. It's tough to talk about this as the uh-huh. route that it is. I think without citing some of the past because it's such a oh, photo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. I just mean we're we're uh-huh. two hours into this. That's fair. I'm warm. Uh-huh. Is the main reason I'm trying to keep us on track. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh no, it's good. It's good. Um, what other stuff? Uh, Peregrine, you said you had a story about a fruit knife. Ah, yes. Okay. So I asked someone Please educate us about fruit knives. Check out this Google image search I did. Anyway, I um asked a friend uh who is Japanese about the translation mm-hmm. choice um and again it's like difficult because we don't have like a we i didn't have the original text or anything to like know the the framework but i did learn uh-huh. that i said is a fruit knife anything and he said oh yeah like i can tell you exactly what a fruit knife like it is a uh-huh. it is a sheathed like short knife and then the if, thing about that yeah. Is that that is not a folding knife? Well, and so which this is, is how it is described at the beginning. This is why I'm like still a little like confused about the translation choice. Okay. But I do. I also it is clearly the kind of knife that Shiki uses in every picture. So one of these knives is a folding knife. Uh, in this Google image search, I will yeah, say I, I clicked through to an Amazon link and it has a a sheathed version and a folding version. Fascinating. Um, um, I will say I uh, would call this a pairing knife. Yes, I also I guess will say that is... I did hear in some anime we watched recently. I did hear someone say fruto fruto knife. Well, so yeah. yeah. So the thing I was going to say specifically is that like it is a pairing like this is basically equivalent to a pairing knife but the uh-huh. the the japanese itself is using the word like the english word fruit for yeah. fruits knife so uh-huh. it's yeah. you know i would forgive someone for translating it in that way for that reason yeah yeah 
Fascinating. Um, the other thing I'll bring up is that I did see, and I shared a photo of this, but there, I was at a plant nursery and they had a bunch of Japanese gardening tools um, for sale. Mm-hmm. It's just like a really good manufacturer. And they had what is called a fruit saw for sale. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> which is the same like sheathed, like wooden handle sheathed blade like structure of the fruit knife. Mm-hmm. And so it's very clearly being translated in that same, you know, like I saw that That's and was sick. like, okay, so this isn't just a bizarre decision. This is like a real term that either because the person translating knew that the the size and like nature of the blade. So certainly the first one that she uses in the hospital bed would have been like a paring knife for cutting fruit. Like that's mm-hmm. a standard thing. And so that could have been the start of it or like all of them, maybe it's referred to in that way. So I wanted to lay that to bed because I think I maybe had some harsh words in the past for the decision to call it a fruit knife, but well, you could still make fun of Mirror Moon for refusing to localize anything. Yes, I would not call like mm-hmm. a, a true localization would probably be closer to paring knife or, you know, uh-huh. something else. But <laughs> there I will agree that and I read a, a I would say compelling um, article by someone who's retranslating mm-hmm. Day Night about like how we know this that like overly literal translation just mm-hmm. like loses a lot of the original text um or like the joy of reading it i guess yeah uh, there is fun stuff that we get like fruit knife and like thief cat you know oh I mean? yeah, thief cat where... was very funny that is that is where i was going <laughs> Love with thief cat but there Sorry. are some incredible bits um including yes fruit knife and thief cat that are just like oh yeah i'm so glad that you didn't change this at all uh-huh, like uh-huh. i just yeah because i also uh, don't know what you would change thief cat oh to. like harlot or homewrecker or yeah but, yeah. but, but i mean given that like the joke uh, is the joke is that in in melty blood kahaku is a cat so uh-huh. like you still need that reference is that why she's I, a cat is that like explicitly yeah. why she's a kid? Okay, that's uh, that is I mean, very funny. I haven't heard anyone say that, but that's gotta be it. I, right? Like, I would at least say like you it's thieving the, cat the or something, that, like, right? Or like you you uh-huh. catty bitch or so. You know, like there's yeah yeah the tone <laughs> it's, it's of the it. Same way that like yeah, he's he just has a her what like one of her specials is her just lovingly holding a sword. Uh-huh. It's like uh-huh. oh yeah, there was like a bit of this game that you read and we're like oh yeah that's cute uh uh-huh. the bit we're gonna make that like, like excited core, about the knife a yeah. core part of her personality <laughs> uh hmm. thief cat was very what funny though show? that's yeah love thief cat thief cat so uh shiki's still uh permanently tied to akiha's life force as she drains him right because <laughs> she couldn't she said she couldn't turn that off Hmm. So he's only alive because he's having sex with Kohaku. I do enjoy the ending being just like tense. Like I love that Akiha and Hisui hate she like It's so it, funny it, that they've bonded over that. It's very good. I actually feel okay. like maybe they my both secret want to play with Kohaku. My secret my secret ending for this is 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 maybe that like Maybe Akiha and Hisui have a, a shared bond now. <laughs> ben, I think you explicitly said you couldn't get behind that in the last episode. 
uh, I do think that they that their like connection is very funny. They they they've bonded over being assholes to Shiki. Uh huh. There are plenty of extremely problematic ships that I like, so I can't like fault anyone for enjoying Akiha Hisui. But is I don't know that I ship well. the most problematic ship. Yes, of this game. a thousand, yes. thousand fucking percent. <laughs> like not even close. That entire I mean, sequence, I actually found that like the thing that made Akiha a villain to me in this route was the uh-huh. all of the like tense and like violent moments with her and Kohaku because that's mm-hmm. explicitly like extremely fucked mm-hmm. up. Yeah, God, it's such a fascinating tension of the two of them like basically holding knives at each other's throats. Without actually doing that, it's right? prime lesbian content, but it's also oh, yeah. extremely it's problematic. Extremely bad. Yes, God. Yeah, Ko- uh, Akiha slapping Kohaku is like one of the big moments, right? Yeah, that mm-hmm. I like, tensed not just up at threatening that. her, hitting her. Mm-hmm. Like it's already completely fucked to do that to uh, anyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. a servant, and then someone that you know. <laughs> For matter of fact, that your father traumatized. Someone you know is like explicitly trying to kill you because of the history of family trauma. Like, ooh, it's mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. I think her, the um, the scene of the two of them in the detached building that we get mm-hmm. is also fascinating. A really like horrifying one. It's it's Akiha confirming to Kohaku that like. Akiha knows everything that's going to happen. Uh-huh. And just like, like, yeah. Um, not holding that over her head so much as being like, yeah, I know. I don't care. I, I'm in control. Yeah. Um, but there's also definitely the suggestion that like, whether because of Roa's influence or otherwise, that she's sexually assaulting Kahaku, mm-hmm. which is like, that reads way different in this route yeah. when we know what happened as opposed to last time the, we saw that, which was probably or like saw saw indications of that, uh-huh. which was like probably a Kiha's route. The the like matter of consent with whatever's happening with their relationship is very messy. Uh-huh. I do like how that scene reframes, um adds some like new framing onto Akiha sacrificing herself for Kohaku in the Hisui route, presumably she knew then too mm-hmm. right and it adds extra weight to the the fact that akiha was willing to die for her anyway mm-hmm. 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 a lot of guilt akiha has got a lot of guilt in that body <laughs> so oh, much yeah. guilt and none of them are even catholics in this one i'm, f- uh-huh, I'm feasting i'm feasting <laughs> jeez i did find that relationship compelling and i found i found that as as tense as it was, there's an element of this that made it much more believable that Akiha was like becoming monstrous. Uh-huh. Yeah, her whole like transformation over this arc was very interesting to me. She's definitely the hottest villain like... in the game. <laughs> <laughs> God, um I completely lost my train of thought when you said that. <laughs> Very, very funny. She, she is the proto... Uh, so the other thing I was going to say about the future of Type Moon works was that, like, mm-hmm. Akiha Vermillion is, like, the prototype of so many evil women in Fate and 
beyond uh-huh. in a way that I like didn't it wasn't clear until this route how much that was true. Uh-huh. Um, delightful. God, yeah, she's great. <laughs> um Yeah, it's interesting because we have this like wondering why uh Akiha is going as dark as she is and assuming it's because of the Tono blood, right? Mm-hmm. And then we get the reveal during the the final fight that the it's Roa, mm-hmm. and that's why she's become such a monster. And then later we get the reveal again that actually Roa was so damaged in the transfer process that it wasn't really him actively doing anything. It's just what Akiha wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Great, great moments. Her having to relearn the reasons why she doesn't want to go around killing people is very fascinating. <laughs> Oh, it is such a theme with this story. Like, again, I think this ties into, like, I, I uh-huh. do not think it is good or healthy to feel these ways, but there is a very real, like, relatable... That being a mm-hmm. friction is deeply Catholic to me, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> That's sort of like, you, mm-hmm. are, you are a beast without your human restriction type of, like, uh-huh. framing. Again... Don't ad- I do not advocate this. Do not raise your children to feel this way. Do not yourself feel uh-huh. this way. But also, good Lord, do I feel this way? <laughs> like, constantly. It's a really interesting, like, uh, <laughs> tension. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and believable, right? Like, I think, mm-hmm. especially with, like, um, like, you know, the Tonos are not Catholic, right? But they are, like, this old, like, you know, proper society type family. Yeah, very yeah. conservative in that way, right? It is a very... And they, yeah. that is what they teach. They teach, like, that there's nothing you can do. One day you're going to have to kill yourself or be killed. Mm-hmm. Like there's no, you're a monster. There is et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And she believes that even though because of what she got from Roa, she can just leave, lead a normal life if she really wanted to, but she doesn't believe that. So she leans into this monster version of herself. But I'm also mm-hmm. glad that they like I left do. that at the end that she wasn't, again, she wasn't cured. I actually half expected Cheeky uh-huh. to like, I stab kill the roa like i thought he was gonna kill the, the roa blood right like i i swear to god that was exactly what i thought was going to happen and then it didn't and yeah. it's like that's a choice you get a vibe from her at the end that she's like she's like not in, she's calmed down a lot but there's definitely still something of that like bold like maybe got you kind of vibe that she has she's a girl mm-hmm. boss now it's it's uh, irreversible yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> She already kind of was, but wow, she really just, it's, I assume that, um, Kagetsu Toya is going to have this similar vibe from, that I think Hollow Ataraxia does, where it's like, mixed what happened, mm. right? Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I really do hope that this is the version of Akiha that we get, <laughs> the one where, like, her hair turns red sometimes and she's mean. <laughs> Uh-huh. 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 That's definitely Just, like the I feel like that's the fan it's, portrayal. Uh-huh. Yeah. The that's the melty blood version of her too. So presumably we're gonna get more of Yeah, this, Melty you know. Carnival Fanta you know, like it kind of She's just kind of an asshole, and I like that. <laughs> it's very funny. If you're writing a rich girl and she's not kind of an asshole, what are you even doing here? What are you doing? Have you met a rich girl? Yeah, like that's not <laughs> My problem with Akia has always been that, like, they kind of infantilize her, mm-hmm, right? Oh, mm-hmm. uh, and she like, they make her out to be more of uh, a kid throwing a uh, throwing a fit because she's not getting what she wants, 
And that's where her like petulance is coming from, <laughs> that it is petulance. And this this version of Akio we get at the end doesn't really feel like that anymore. She just feels like <laughs> assertive and it's nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good direction for her character. Like the window scenes where she just chooses to be honest about everything. And has such a great time doing it's it. It's incredible because it also is like, more, again, it feels consistent with her character, like the way we learn about her when we first meet her in the uh-huh. mansion. Because she's like talking to lawyers and like doing yeah. head of house things. Of course, this is who she would be. Yeah. You know? I like, yeah, I like it a lot better than her Akiha Root version. Which is so clearly constrained by like what you think the audience for that type of content yeah. wants, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, like, yeah. Akiha can't live up to Kohaku for me, though. <laughs> Kohaku is just the best character. Kohaku is the best character. Yeah, thousand percent. Oh, there, I could just like go on and on and on about things that I like about Kohaku. Part, oh. part of the reason I was not on the other podcast is because I just moved and I've been busy with that. And part of what I've been busy uh-huh. with is gardening. And Kohaku is the gardener of Tsukihime. I have no choice but to be it's a broom so fee. Funny. It's so funny that she's like, yeah, I'm growing these flowers. They're they're called morning glories. No, not that kind of morning glories. These ones are hallucinogenic. <laughs> she just keeps doing shit like that. And it's so fun. It's like so endearing to me. Biochemists are hot. Also, you know, that's the, I don't make the rule. <laughs> I like that Kohaku consistently feels like the adult in the room, even though she's like a weird goofball prankster mm-hmm. type. You know what I mean? Mm. Like... The conversations that Shiki has with her, like, after the party and stuff like that, feel more mature than a lot of the conversations that he has with other characters. It it calls to mind the, the Arcweed date conversation for me, mm-hmm. where they, like, talk about the big things and feel like they know what they're talking about. And she's avoiding talking about certain things but she's also willing to talk about the reasons behind those things right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and i just really like the post-sex scene conversation that the two of them have it's just really good yeah it's such a good like honest conversation about who she is yeah and yeah yeah she's like you're you have to if you want to love me you have to love me as someone who is traumatized and may never and Rec- what does recovery look like for me uh-huh it's not going to be perfect mm-hmm. and the the fact that she just can be just that frank about it in the same way one of the things i really appreciated about the sex scene besides shiki's un like compassion is kohaku's frankness about it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know what i mean it's nice that it's for bad reasons but it's nice that she's not terrified of sex uh-huh yeah it just makes her feel less like a teen. Yes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, like, she still can be shy and et cetera, et cetera. And they still do the thing where they're like, yeah, but, like, if you think about it this way, she's kind of like a virgin. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Which is, you know, <sighs> annoying. But it doesn't bother me as much as it does in, like, every other route. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or it doesn't bother me. I compare her a lot to CL in my mind, I guess. Because CL has a similar experience of, like, I've done a lot of horrible things and I'm traumatized over it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But I think that CL does a lot of the, the similar things worse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's also just going to be different because, like, the it, it fits weirdly with 
you know, because she's old and Catholic. And so there's like a friction uh-huh. there between like. Yeah. It's like, I want CL to feel more mature than she does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's part of my problem with her is that like she has a lot more experience than most of the people there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, like you don't become really... an executor in the church with like by mm-hmm. being immature. Like there's something inconsistent and frustrating about yeah. that portrayal. Uh-huh. That that was though something I guess my my initial read of the two uh near side characters was that they both felt not like dating a teen. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just think I I've come down on CL a little bit because I think Kohaku has simil- uh, some similar vibes just done better, right? Mm-hmm. Um Akiha is the real the Kiha root is the real problem with that is that she feels like uh, a bratty kid. Yeah. And it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Give me the root. So many things are uncomfortable. Actually, don't give me, don't give me a Kiha root ever. Uh, (laughs) Give me the version of this game where she's, she's just a, a character over the age of 21. Who's just cool. And I can take an evil. Wait, sorry. We'll get to extra. It'll happen. Anyway, it's fine. A Kiha 10 years from now is going to be a, fascinating character and a lesbian mm-hmm. <laughs> if only fake characters were allowed to age forward <laughs> <sighs> if only if only <laughs> comma ages forward isn't is it like caster cacolin like older right uh-huh okay there's fine. a few girls <laughs> that's true no i think I'm not completely right on that, especially with like if you bring Grand Order characters. But a lot of the nature of Fate as like an anthology series means that we don't get a lot of uh, opportunities to see those same characters grown up, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or even often as as significantly different characters. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Like I think, which is like a lot of the power of um, any kind of. I don't want to say shared mythology, but that kind of thing of like, oh, yeah, that's Rin. I have a rough idea of who she is. Yeah. You don't need to do the work from scratch to say like, okay, here's who this character is. Mm -hmm. You can kind of at a glance, like not at a glance, but very quickly establish here. Here's what we are. Here are the parts of this character that we are pulling into this work mm-hmm. and here shoot you you will yeah. you will much later on in this series finally get to the like the one big franchise that actually does this and i think you maybe have honed in on why i actually like it despite it being kind of not great Ooh. um look Wait, forward tell t- tell me the elmaloy spinoff series oh is is yeah, the yeah, one yeah, time yeah. you really explicitly do get kind of an aged up cast from yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I'm excited for that uh, in large part because of that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like I don't, you know, it's not, it's so hard to recommend to someone coming. who's not a fan, but I think if you are a fan, like that's that's a big part of I think what its strength is in. So I'm convinced mm-hmm. that uh, like Titan can do this type of narrative, and I hope that yeah. they continue to because I think also like Fate Strange Fake has some of this, you know, like there's elements mm-hmm. of it in some of these spinoff series. Um, I'm yeah. so excited for future Type Moon stuff. I'm sad to be done with Tsukihime for now, although we I know we have the spinoff stuff, but like the it's Kagetsu Toya is not Tsukihime too. No, 
It's yeah. not going to be tonally even close. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to miss Tsukihime for a good long while. Yes. Yeah. I'm I'm kind of surprised. I guess we haven't finished our first game yet because we have another wrap up wrap up questions, etc. Uh huh. And we have the, one final little bit of the game yeah. to play, but um, where Shiki goes to the moon and kills the moon. Yeah. Oh, I've never even played. I I saw the hint at that, and I was like, was I supposed to do that? I didn't do it. <laughs> huh. We have not done it yet either. I no. see. Great. I started it and then uh, it was late. And I was like, okay, yeah. I'm going to pause. You got the vibe that it was a pretty short thing, right? Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. We're just going to talk about it in the final episode. I was like, probably. I was so like... jazzed when I saw that it existed, though. <laughs> it's funny. There is a post credit scene. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's far more. Yeah, it's far more interested in, like, hey, what what was this route then? Or what was this game then? And here's where we're going next. Mm. What other stuff do we want to hit? Peregrine, did you have something to say about Mystic Eyes? Oh, yeah. I just was... Oh, jeez. What was I going to say about Mystic This I think this was getting at some of the, like... The way, the way that this as a visual novel and, like, Tsukihime as a series, like, has such a focus on character beats over... Uh huh. Fantastical elements in world building, and I think the the thing that I was thinking of at that moment that exemplifies this to me is how little time we actually spend on Shiki's Mystic Eyes in this Kohaku route uh-huh. in particular. They get used, but like, yeah, he's never There's getting kind of a thing he has. yeah, like he's not getting headed. Like his identity is in large part independent from his eyes in. And, uh-huh. and I think that's especially true in this route. And I found that really interesting as a choice because I think there will be elements of this that are also true of some other series in the Type Moon canon mm-hmm. that I and I and like thinking about it now, like I really appreciate that Shiki's closeness to death and and the reason that he has the eyes in the first place is not you know for lack of a better comparison it's not just harry potter's scar if that makes sense right like it's uh-huh. like mm-hmm. there's something actually fascinating and and unique about that usage to me um uh-huh. that endears me to tsukihime as a whole yeah yeah that's interesting i think the arcweed and cl roots the the near side roots are the ones where those mystic eyes are most important yes. right yes. yeah and that's kind of as we said the far side is kind of the direction that fate goes in the future Mm -hmm. in a lot in a big way or not in a big way in that it's like more about the world and like the broader picture in a certain sense right Mm -hmm. fen is looking like fate doesn't agree with me um in my mind fen the far side is red and the near side is blue and fate is blue (laughs) okay <laughs> oh sorry yeah you said near side is where like stay night goes yes yeah. yes and yeah uh-huh because yeah. a lot we're gonna see other characters with mystic eyes in the future various kinds uh and it's often very very important to their character mm-hmm. right i think i th- i think what's interesting to me about kohaku's route in particular mm-hmm. through the lens of like how are mystic eyes used is that Previously in Hisui's route, the Mystic Eyes are really crucial for killing, like, the poison that Kohaku takes, which metaphorically is, like, a symbol of, like, how that trauma is resolved. 
through the mm-hmm. use of mystic eyes. Kohaku's route is the one where no one like she does not kill any conceptual parts of any people in Kohaku's route specifically. And I found that uh, really. I guess he kills Yumizuka's blood. Well, Yumizuka. Okay, but like that's not that's holdover, right? Like I'm kind of not uh-huh. even thinking of that, right? Um, yeah, it is yeah. true, right? It's not that they don't get used ever, but like the the thing to me is I would have expected again like that part of akiha that was absorbed from mm-hmm. from you know uppercase shiki Bro, uh, would have been yeah. killed or that you know something with kohaku could have been killed or so you know any of these yeah. things could have been done but the choice was not to do that and i found that mm-hmm. a really good like summary statement of why this arc works for me and what i look forward to as a way to think about like how power and fantasy get employed by type moon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, it goes back to what I was saying earlier about Kohaku's trauma feeling grounded. Like mm-hmm. the solution is also grounded. Like the solution is that you have to realize that, that you are being led in a circle of violence and you have to make a conscious choice to overcome that. It's not, we need to use magic to solve this problem. Yeah yeah right uh-huh the the solution or the problems are surprisingly mundane even though fantastical things are involved and then the solution is also mundane mm-hmm. it's it's really good i like i that. think it is it, it echoes a thing that i was consistent to me with type moon works in which the the power of humanity is human ability and not magic yeah um, that's not, that, there'll be varying degrees of success around that theme for uh-huh. sure, right? They're not always good. But in this case, I think Kohaku's route is like the, the best example of it for that reason. Um, yeah. Fen, you don't like the ending of this route. Oh, we, you know, we did kind of go We did over to, go over it a little bit? At the beginning. It's been so long since the beginning um, of this. Yeah, I did not sleep well last night. Yeah, well, I could see Fen getting tired. Falling asleep, uh... Is there any other stuff you want to touch on? That's the big one. I think you were you felt more down on the Kohaku route than I did when we finished. I think it's because in some ways it is like not tonally, but in terms of its pace, it's very similar to mm. Eastwee's route, which was like very nice at the time. In that like <laughs> all of the other routes really just dipped in the middle and like we were coming out of what ended up being four episodes for Akiha yeah. with like the middle two being me like editing them going like nothing happened. Uh-huh. How did we talk about nothing for this long? <laughs> we love um, to talk about nothing fan. And so he's we just being like, okay, we're just going to go, go, go. Uh, I was like, oh, this is interesting <laughs> and different. Um, Kaku's felt like that as well, except that, yeah, except that it, there were points where I really felt the like, okay, I'm used to this now. It's not new and exciting. So I'm really feeling the parts, the places where we just don't get time mm-hmm. to sit and dwell on anything. Um, mm. Like it's kind of like jumping from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I think, yeah, we talked about it at the beginning. The, the, I would, I would have enjoyed, even if I know that it's not like what, type moon is interested in uh, or nasu i guess um i would have enjoyed seeing what the aftermath of shiki being nanayashiki is mm-hmm. like where does how does he live the rest of his life maybe the answer is as simple as 
goes and finds his ancestral home and never speaks to anyone ever again. Um, Possible. But yeah, having having a a different version of Shiki would have been cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, really, really just some incredible, a return to incredible conversations, I would yeah. say. Like we, I have talked about it I love Kong. a lot of a lot of on every route. I've talked about the the date with Arcoid. Uh-huh. And just being a great like, oh yeah, we're going to sit down and we're going to talk about what it means to be alive. Mm-hmm. And this rules. And this route has uh yeah, Shiki and other Shiki sitting down and talking about what it means to be a murderer. Mm-hmm. Um and Shiki and Kohaku laying in bed talking about like, hey, here's who i am here's my entire deal i i think i haven't entirely figured it out but here's what i know it's um, heartbreaking it i love kohaku she's so sad i, I also hope she's having a nice day fan i think i did not walk into don't get me wrong i like a maid <laughs> but i don't it's like not on your wikipedia pro like uh it's not on my wikipedia page and it's not it's not like I am predisposed to like maids. Uh-huh. It is that I am not predisposed to not like maids. Um, so I did not at all walk into the far side thinking, damn, my two uh, two of my, if not my two favorite characters in this game are Hisui and Kahaku. There's going to be, on my Wikipedia page, is going to be a thing called, a page called the Kohaku Incident, and that's going to be about how I fell in love with maids. <laughs> I, how I got infected. Uh-huh. Um... I think yeah for for all of the problems I've had said talked about mm-hmm. um I think really a yeah I guess we're probably going to rank routes in our next episode uh-huh. but enjoyable even if and the problems I have are are less oh I think that this should have been part of the game mm-hmm. and more I realize, especially with distance, I realize that this isn't something that you're interested in. Mm-hmm. But I would have been interested in having more exploration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be very interesting to see where this goes in the remake. When the issue of enough time and space to polish things is doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. And it can just be a fucking wild vanity project that he works on for 10 the years. The little bits that I already know from the trailers alone make me think that there's a lot more that is going to be done to center these narratives in those broader worlds and societies. Nasu got really good at writing, uh-huh. is the well, thing. And I think that's that's maybe also worth saying is like, or reiterating, I guess, is that this really does... It feels like a very empathetic route or yeah. like compassionate portrayal of Kahaku. I don't. Yeah. The rest cannot, of the game isn't necessarily kind to her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would. Yes. Um, She gets words sexually assaulted in most routes. I feel like. By Shiki? She, by- she gets attacked by him. Oh, right. Oh, God. I completely forgot about that. I'm glad she gets a a happy story. Yeah. 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 I I mean, it's still a horrible, 
like heart wrenching, traumatizing story, but it, she has uh, a future. I mean, but that's also yeah, like it's nice. like the, the setup of her character is all of that happens before any of us get any uh-huh. input as a protagonist, and so like the better to treat that with the carrot needs and and mm-hmm. and use that without erasing it than like you know yeah like this is part of what i'm curious about in the remake as well i I think this is the one route that is going to be the toughest to like restructure without stepping on a landmine to me you know like yeah especially since it feels like type moon kind of cleans up a little uh bit uh like i i think that the inclusion of sex scenes for nasu has always been to fulfill expectations not because he's interested in writing a sex scene mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and there's a double-edged sword where some of them end up being i think very important in a way that nasu wouldn't be willing to make to like add them mm-hmm. right like mm-hmm. the arcweed sex scene and the uh sex scene with kohaku yep. right so the law lo- i'm gonna feel the loss of them and i'm going to feel the loss of kids doing bad things like uh getting drunk at a party <laughs> you know yeah. what i mean I am. This reminds me that I haven't yet seen the Heaven's Feel movies, but I've been meaning to because there are a lot of similar concerns about changes. Yeah. In that, I we are a year away plus, I think, from watching those. But I'm gotta be. We I'm so curious. Like, that's take most of a year on its own. I'm so curious what those look like. Like, uh-huh. how do you how do you compress like a fifty hour route? into three movies yeah uh-huh even kata no kyokai is like there's a lot oh, of oh they're so good uh-huh. okay yeah i'm so jazzed for those i wish part of me wishes that we had read the light novel first but i do think that would have been a kind of a a, a bum ending for or a bum beginning for us you know what i mean yeah kind of like a rough start and tsukihime was such a good start yes. as it turned yeah. out um yeah i'm so happy I'm so happy that one we played this because I yeah uh it's great as it turns out. Um, rules. But I'm ge- I am legit yeah. I am legitimately shocked that y'all like this game as much as you did. Like th- this is so extremely my shit. It's it's I love it's, it. It's the poster child for like poorly aged type like early Taimun media, right? Like it's uh-huh. it, and like I think we all understand why, especially on a reread. But yeah, yeah. there's a lot of bad stuff. But it lays so much groundwork for like what is uh-huh. fascinating about Type Moon works in particular. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. yeah, yeah. And it, it's nice to see history unvarnished. Yeah, you know yeah. What I mean, I think that there's an argument that you could make that would be well. You can get most of what's in this game elsewhere. Uh-huh. Without some of the worst stuff in this game. Yeah. And that would be correct, but also, especially for us, especially mm-hmm. for a podcast like this, it is it is nice knowing here's hey, here's where stuff came from. Uh-huh. Here's where we here is where we are starting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like the there's a remake of Tsukihime. It is not going to be it's not a remaster. Yeah. Like to me I feel like Rialto Nua is kind of like a fresh coat of paint and voice actors, right? I believe it is literally a fresh coat of yeah. paint and voice mm-hmm. actors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a remaster. Whereas 
uh, the Tsukihime remake is a completely different game. Mm-hmm. And so the, you can't replace this with the new one. Right. No. At all. No. It's important to see these things as someone who's interested in the the broader works of type moon but a, a a lot of like nasu's writing i really wanted to know where this came from so this has been a great experience for me yeah no i yeah it's been incredible and i and i think i also <laughs> sorry good i i have a i have a let's say very high tolerance for uh like quote-unquote problematic stuff same and yeah. stuff that i consume in that i will I will read stuff. I will read basically anything, not in that I am I am going to say, "Oh yeah, this this piece of media is completely fine" cuz yeah. it's not. No, um, no, no. I think we talk enough about how much Tsukihime sucks that people uh, can't really get it twisted that we like it. I mean like yeah, I without literally started our first podcast with maybe don't play along with us. We have softened on that. Yeah, yeah. Uh I think yeah. But have played this game huh <laughs> go back in time and have played this game already if you haven't <laughs> um, well that's easy anyway <laughs> done <laughs> all right great goodbye <laughs> i would have um fucking been so berserk about this game if i had played it when i was younger i already am but like wow this is the fate stay night issue for me is that it even though i didn't play fate until i was i don't know what 26 Mm -hmm. or 27 it feels like inserted itself into your history it's always been there yeah this this is how it is with uh tsukihime for me Uh it's like i feel like i played this when i was 17 on my like first computer illicitly i played this Uh when i was 19 on my first computer Uh illicit i mean like (laughs) so yeah let me tell you you're being literal we i'm D- um, formative i mean this was definitely yeah. yeah i have a feeling that uh tsukihime is going to have a special place in my heart over stay night mm. uh but we'll see if that holds up because i hear stay night's really good that's <laughs> incredible do we have anything else we want to talk about before we uh close this uh recording app and go to i bed? am all i will say is i am now i am happy now that you have done this, that you will forever have that special Tight Moon fan joy of any time you see the words true ancestor pop up in future works. Yeah. You will you will know what it is jazz, and get but... to scream into light. Cause yeah. Uh-huh. I am so excited. Well, members of the to... fan club. When we when we uh reread a future thing, uh-huh. uh I'm very excited to to uh get extremely excited again. We're part of the Abnormal Mapping Network. You got so quiet. Go listen to go listen to Abnormal Mapping. Not enough people do. Mm-hmm. It's it's still wild to me just how popular Great Gundam Project is. Well, it is very good. Yeah, people like Gundam. I just like how many maids yeah, in Gundam my assumption though. Is mm. that how, how many, many maids in Gundam? Is there a broom Gundam? Oh, I bet you there's a Gundam that has a broom, but I don't know if there's a maid. Not a real broom fee. IMO. There must be. No. Um, How many people in Gundam have Mystic Eyes of Death Perception? Zero, as far as I know. Which makes it, I guess, inferior by some metrics to both <laughs> uh, the Nasuverse and also Star Wars. Star Wars, apparently. Is Burning Finger 
a noble phantasm. Yes. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, I agree. We'll be back in two weeks after Don't this. say amounts of time. <laughs> probably. Yeah. It probably won't be next week that there's an episode. This is long enough for a, for a full episode. Yeah. Uh, I was like, going into this, I was like, cool. Gonna be a cool hour uh gonna be super easy to edit i'm gonna <laughs> we're gonna post it next week the um, thing is found that this episode that we're recording right now for other people for normal people this would be the podcast yeah there wouldn't be the recap that we do yeah i know <laughs> it'd be like oh they're gonna do two to three hours on this thing uh once a month and then <laughs> that's yeah. the whole podcast no and that's not how we do things um right Abnormal mapping. Novel Not News, also great. Yeah. What else? Last chance to send in questions. Right. Uh, you have, from the date you're hearing this, uh, probably very probably little Probably not much time to send in questions. Uh, we should put up a, a, a Twitter post about us mm-hmm. doing that. Um, we'll probably answer questions for old games every time we do a questions episode, but... yeah. Um, well, when we get so popular that we can't answer all the questions, Fan, we're going to have to make some hard choices. <laughs> I can't imagine being popular enough to get too many questions. Uh, when we're, our show gets so popular that they officially localized the Tsukihime anime for our fan base. <laughs> or the Tsukihime uh, remake. Oh. Fan. <laughs> um, anything else? Um fen where can people oh. find you on the internet uh crying rules actually at gmail.com no. is our email address that's for questions where can for we questions. find you fennec.moe f-e-n-i-c.moe peregrine how about you uh you can follow my incredibly cursed and bug-filled twitter account at terrific broth i'll tell you something about peregrine's twitter account a lot of bugs lately <laughs> good job <laughs> uh you can find me at ben ends uh you can find my not safe for work writing at uh doom gender and uh yeah i think that's about all we got for now next episode will be q a and uh maybe some clips if we give a fit them one day let's meet in the digital sea <laughs>